All right, welcome to the Krug Show. Better late than never. Hope you guys are having a great morning. Wanted to go off at 9, then we pushed it to 9.15 because I overslept. <laughs> and now it's 9. Way to follow the sword, Larry. Way to follow the sword. It's a late night. Kev had to go out, out, to, his, out to the bar with his friends and uh, used me as his Uber. So it's like, you know, here I am at 1 o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, shaking hands with uh, people outside of a bar. Uh, you know, trying to pick up my kid just so he doesn't uh, doesn't somehow, uh, you know, fall on the roads. But anyway, good morning to everybody. Welcome to the Krug Show. You guys don't care about my late night, uh, late night biz. It is almost Christmas and it is almost Christmas in the NFL because we get Niners Ravens on Monday night to wrap up week 16 and the coaches in the house in his regular time slot to break it all down. Big day today, coach, across the football world. First of all, if you're a college bull nut like I am, then you, you're you watching Duke and Troy right now uh, in the Birmingham Bowl, uh, just so you are fully updated. No score. But I'm watching this game because I want to see Christian McCaffrey's brother uh, who's in this upcoming draft. He's a wide receiver who plays for Duke. Um, so we'll, we'll I'll be looking at him. He's in the slot right now against Troy. Troy's got some good athletes. And then Arkansas State, Northern Illinois is going on right now. That's the Camellia Bowl. And then at 1230, James Madison, who my nephew goes to James Madison, the great uh, Joey Harrell, um, you know, uh, or went there, I should say. Um, Mm -hmm. James Madison going up against Air Force in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. That kicking off at 1230 Pacific. Then Utah State and Georgia State in the always famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Uh, South Alabama against Eastern Michigan in the 68 Ventures Bowl. And that is the real name of the bowl. 68 Ventures Bowl at Hancock-Whitney Stadium in Mobile, Alabama. And then tonight at 4.30 or this evening, I should say, the game that I have wagered on, Utah against Northwestern in the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. Jesus. Uh, yeah, Utah six and a half point <laughs> favorites. And then tonight, 730 from the islands, the easy post Hawaii Bowl, San Jose State, Coastal Carolina. Go Spartans. I'll be watching that one as well. So full day of college pigskin. And then, of course, we also have a full day of NFL because the Bengals and the Steelers tip off at 130 West Coast at Heinz Field or what I guess a, a, a Crusher Stadium or Acrisure or whatever they call it. I call it Heinz Field. Steelers, Bengals, Bengals a three-point favorite in that one. And then tonight on Peacock, bust out your Peacock, Bills and Chargers from SoFi. Bills 12.5-point favorites uh, to knock off the Chargers. Bills look like one of the hot, hottest teams in football. And so we got a lot of football to break down. Coach, how are you, man? I'm good, Larry. Just sitting here hunkering down. Finally got a little bit of reprieve from work. So, you know, you can officially start the holiday season. Um, so I'm excited, man. Got my niece some really cool toys. I got a little niece, so I, I get to go out and buy toys now. So nice, nice. Um, you know, so it's it's gonna be a good one. Excited for the I'm excited for the holiday season. 
Yeah, today, of course, December the 23rd, Saturday, December the 23rd. Today is the, uh, if you're the late, the late shopper there, you know, if you, if you, today's the day, be safe on the roads. Cause there's a lot of people in desperation mode. I have to get candlesticks. Ah! I've got to get a gift for Bob. You know, I'm like, let's get to the mall. Let's get down there. Let's buy. You know, so today's today's if the you know the people that wait to the last second, um, and that used to be me. This year I'm not. This year my wife planned it out, so we actually finished up yesterday. So we're way ahead of you guys. We we finished yesterday, not today. Uh, but there'll be a lot of people on the roads today. So or you know this is the beautiful day. You can go you can go football and hunker down and have some eggnog and chill out and get ready for the holiday. Or you could be that person on the road getting a few last things for whatever recipe or whatever dinner party or whatever event you're doing, or you could be a last, last second shopper. So uh, we will do a holiday question uh, before we get out of here for the 49ers. But first of all, we have to late breaking story out of uh, Niners Ravens is that Zave flowers. We're getting an injury update on Zave flowers. The Ravens have released their second injury report for the, for their game against the Niners on Monday and the wide receiver Zay flowers was a full participant in practice on Friday. He had been nursing a knee injury. There was some question as to whether or not he would go. Um, and um, also um, Odell Beckham jr. Who's been dealing with an illness as of late took part in the entirety of the Ravens practice as well. Their third practice session of the week. Marcus Williams is trending in the right direction as well to play in week 16 he came away from their game in Jacksonville with a groin. Um, so the Ravens, Ronnie Stanley, featured in practice for the third straight day on Friday. Uh, so they've been cautious with him. He's a veteran offensive lineman. He suffered a concussion mm-hmm. during the second half of their win over the Jags. So it looks like they are all trending to play. And it, on the Niners side, Coach, uh, Javon Hargrave did participate in practice on Friday looks like he is going to go. Eric Armstead did not, and it looks like Armstead's not going to go. So with the late-breaking injury news, you're now all fully caught up. Does that change how you look at this game on Monday? No, I had us winning um, initially, so it almost solidifies how I feel um, now that I hear about the injuries. Um, and th- and it, while I talked about um, part of the reason why I felt like we were going to win is – timing we're hot right now and we're healthy right now right we're we're relatively healthy right now um and for us what's kind of crazy is is that i i can only say this to niners fans and they would agree with me but us missing you know our starting safety and nursing back our interior defensive linemen like for other teams that would be like a gigantic huge for a huge concern but for us, that's almost kind of a break compared to what we're used to. I mean, dude, we lose starters week two. We get quarterbacks hurt midseason. We got to get our third guy going into the playoffs. I mean, really, when we get hurt, we set records, literally and figuratively. So for us, uh, I don't I don't give any team any type of reprieve for dealing with injuries because we've had Super Bowl teams 
completely sidelined because of injuries, right? We've we've seen seasons completely die on the vine because we just weren't healthy enough. You know, that's one one thing that I brought up that I bring up a lot about the Eagles loss last year in the NFC Championship game. Everybody's talking about Brock getting hurt and, you know, what we had to do in that game and how catastrophic it was. But if I'm Kyle, I'm I'm just completely miffed at my injury luck. You know what I mean? It's just like, can I just be healthy and coach a game? You know, and I feel like Kyle, that's something that you got to tip the cap to Kyle. Um, it's kind of whack that he's not even up for contention in top three of coach of the year. That's kind of weird, to be honest with you. Um, it's it's almost to the point now where well, he's never going to win it. I mean, he's never going to win coach of the year. But, because, But they, you know what's bullshit about it, though? Honestly, and this is going to be weird because i am super critical of kyle but i gotta call it like i see it you gotta call a spade a spade every other coach gets so much credit for the things that they do but i feel like kyle has been operating this team at a level and at a standard so high but consistently for us for a while that they don't even like take into account that we have a brand new defensive coordinator too Right. Like, like, absolutely. Nobody, nobody gives the Niners any type of credit for that at all. Right. The Eagles get all types of contention. They're sitting here demoting guys, moving guys to the side. Coaches are found missing. But for us, we actually dealt with our druthers in the middle of the season and made it happen. And I feel as though that that's something that's that's tip of the hat to Kyle that's going to be proof of concept in the rest of the season. He did an amazing job at having a light camp. I didn't think that a light camp was going to be good, right? And it turned out to be exactly what we needed. Um, Even after five games, when we started, after the five-game win streak, we had the three-game losing streak. We got a little tired, and what did we need? We needed a bye. Kyle said, outwardly, we're tired. We look slow. Uh, so I feel as though that he knows the tenor of the team. He knows the energy. He knows how hard to push these guys. If you look at there's other examples all over the place. I mean, if you look at the Eagles game, how he intelligently ran the ball, he didn't just he didn't just use our offensive line against that front. He sat back and 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 proved that we can move the ball through the air. And that was something else that makes things easier on our team. Brock making things easier on our team, having a quarterback that can be off schedule and we don't have to run the ball 30 to 40 times a game. I remember there was a time I'm old enough to remember where the recipe for winning a game with the 49ers late in the season was we have to run the ball no less than 30 times. Do you remember that? Remember oh, that yeah. streak? Well, that's Where, his like barometer of like success. If you can run yeah, it that many times, that became win. a streak because we had Jimmy at quarterback too. Let's be honest, right? That was how our team was made up at the time. And right. w- when we beat the Rams, it was up oh, 30 times. Got to run the ball 30 times. Then we went over and saw the Jaguars 30 times. Got to run the ball 30 times. So now we don't necessarily, I mean, that's awesome. But what happens is, is that you guys, your, your, your men are dropping like flies. I feel as though that having a quarterback like Brock makes things easier on the team from a health standpoint as well, right? Work smarter, not harder. And the Ravens are, the Ravens are a big, bad physical team, but they're starting to see um, what it's like to lose some guys and have to still play the standard and, 
you know, that's why I have us beating them. I, that's why I have us as the best team in the league right now. We're hot. That's cool. We're winning, right? The Eagles were hot, but we're healthy too. And for our standards, we're more than healthy than we ever been. Elijah Mitchell also returned to practice uh, this week. So, um, you know, it looks like he's going to go in the game. TZ says Keaton Mitchell would have been scary. Hate to uh, see people get hurt. So no Keaton Mitchell. So they're going to lean on Justice Hill. They're going to lean on on uh, on their other running back as well. Um, who's, you know, they've got a lot of talent. I mean, they're not, they don't have big time running back death because they lost JK Dobbins uh, for the year early on. And then they just lost Keaton Mitchell for the year to the ACL in the last game against Jacksonville. So the Ravens are going to come out with Gus Edwards, who's about 240, Justice Hill. And if they need him, Melvin Gordon, uh, running the, run the football. And then obviously you got to deal with Lamar. Uh, and they've got four decent wide receivers, OBJ and Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, Nelson Aguilar, and all four of those guys are former first-round draft choices. So uh, there's no slouches there. Uh, the, the, the reason I like the Niners in this game quite a bit is uh, Ronnie Stanley and Morgan Moses are not great. Ronnie Stanley is great, but he's just hurt. And he hasn't been the same in weeks. I mean, he just doesn't move as well. Utah was talking to Jason Locke and Fora yesterday and he's in that market and he was just saying that Stanley's just a shell of what he was because of the injuries he's had this year Morgan Moses mm -hmm. is more of a run blocker less of a pass blocker I I, I, I know Morgan personally me yeah. I know Morgan Moses for a while yeah so I mean they're they're I think the Niners win D-line over O-line um, and I, I think they stop uh, Baltimore's run um, and make them one-dimensional, and I think the 49ers can run the ball um, with the two backs at this at this Raven team. There was an interesting story, though, Coach, about um, the about this game during um, his press conference with the media this week. George Kittle revealed um, some data that Kyle Shanahan had shared with them, and I think this is really interesting because you do see this if you watch the Ravens. Here's First quarter. Here's the yeah. Here's the quote from uh, Kittle. He says one of the coolest stats uh, Coach Shanahan showed us is they are number one. The Ravens are uh, number one defense in the first quarter in the NFL because they come out there and surprise you with how they are just going to hit you in the face. And I respect the hell out of them for that. The Ravens are a very good bully team, and they always seem like they jump out to leads. They hit the ground running at the beginning of these games. Um, and they kind of hit you before you hit them, and they're a very physical team, and they'll try to set that tone. Um, and they and they're really well, they're really good at home. It seems like, in you know, getting leads early in games. But you don't see. I mean, they've lost three games this year that they've led. Um, so they do get leads, and sometimes they don't hold those leads, but they do get a lead. And so you got to be ready for the energy and match their energy in that first quarter. And I think that's going to be really, really um, a great, I think that's a great coaching point from Shanahan. Because if you picture, to me, when I'm picturing Monday night, the only way I think the 49ers lose this game is if they just aren't ready to play at that opening snap. If the Eagles somehow stagger them and get up 14 nothing, or the Eagles, the, the Ravens get up 14 nothing. And, and, you know, suddenly there's a lot of pressure and the Ravens are playing downhill and, and you know, uh, putting a lot of pressure on Purdy and taking away the Niner run game just because they get up on the scoreboard. 
So to me, I, I love that Shanahan made a point of emphasis on that because if the 49ers come out in the first quarter with tremendous energy and, and mm-hmm. um, effort um, and they're not in any way flat and then they're really bringing it, I, I, I find I think they'll match Baltimore and probably probably wind up beating Baltimore. I really think the beginning of the game is very key. Uh, this is a Brock Purdy game, in my opinion. Um, you are right. The Ravens are a very physical team. Um, it's that's a great eye by Kyle. Um, um, there's been conversations about how intricately made, uh, the Ravens defense is from a disguise standpoint, um, how they use obfuscation. They hide in plain sight. They disguise and move guys around to, um, cover up man versus zone and blitzing. Um, but I, I, I feel as though that this is another game that's going to just be um, a Brock Purdy game where I haven't seen him confused on the field, right? I've seen him throw bad balls, right? I've seen things get away from him, but I haven't ever seen him not know where to go with the ball. And this is going to be another game where we're going to be able to bear that out. We need to see, we need to see exactly how uh, the Ravens want to play against us. Now that their calling card is, physicality but i'm calling cap on their endurance because really that offense they're they're the they're the leading they're the leading the leading squad of that team if you think about it they hold the ball that defense is not on the field long but when you get that defense on the field for a while they gas out they gas out and they can be had and that's where i feel like Kyle is going to be able to dial some things up in the intermediate passing uh, passing yardage downs where I feel like Juwan, um, if Juwan is Juwan Jennings playing this game? Well, that's another one. That's a, we don't know. He he's in the concussion protocol. They're trying. He's yeah. trying to make his way back. Yeah. Well, this would be some. Well, well, Debo for that matter. This is going to be something where you're going to need to be able to manufacture physicality um, in different spots on the field immediately. Right. You don't want to run up against this team and go strength on strength, good on good and possibly lose guys, get nipped and chipped. And honestly, you know, not to be, you know, pragmatic about it, but this game really doesn't matter. Right. As far as our playoff contention. It's another game. It's an AFC game. So I, I really want to win this game. We're still going to be able to see what our team is made of against what arguably the, the second best team in the league. But for me, I don't, I think that this is going to be a game for Brock and Kyle where we're going to scheme these guys up pretty much like the Eagles game where they're going to get schemed up a lot. Debo's going to have a good day. I feel like George is going to have a good day. B.A. and Christian McCaffrey are going to be used more for spreading these boys out to figure out where they are um, individually. And that's that's the that's the weapon that you have in Brock is that the NFL, especially as the season bears out. Right. As we get into the colder months, things are tightening up a little bit more. Teams are a little bit more cemented into who they are. They really can't change who they are. And that lends itself to matchup football. That's really what the NFL starts turning into near this time of the season where you need to be able to have the guys that can match up individually. And if you don't, you're going to get picked on, right? The Eagles, we picked on their linebackers. The the Arizona Cardinals, we picked on their linebackers, right? Zakir White was out. So that's what I'm looking to see with the Ravens on defense. Who has Kyle seen through tape, through scheme, through their, through stats, quite honestly, 
who has Kyle seen to say, all right, this is who we're going to go after today. And we're going to go after them with the run. We're going to play action this guy. We're going to go, we're going to go under this guy. We're going to go over this guy. We're going to stress him up the seam. We're going to get him going. We're going to get him over leverage where he's going different directions. That's really what football is nowadays, where really the game is so fast that if somebody misses an assignment, then the whole thing falls apart. So the Ravens, yeah, I feel as though that, yes, they are kind of a throw everything but the kitchen sink at you at the first quarter type of team. And it's done well for them by proof of uh, proof of that is the possession against the Jaguars. Uh, the last game that they had, they won 23, seven and they out possession, the Jaguars 34, 19 to 25, um, 41. And if you look at it, they rushed the ball for 42 times last week, right? This is a well, team that, that. Oh, good. Go ahead. No, go no, ahead. no. I was just going to say that 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 game, you know, was a lot. Clo- the, the Jaguars could have won that game. I mean, that mm-hmm. that game that game was a whole lot closer. Jacksonville had six trips um, past Baltimore's forty yard line and didn't score a single point. I mean, seriously, Wild. on those on those on those trips, Jaguars had an end of the half botch where Trevor Lawrence just ran out the clock and made a mistake, lost track of the clock, mm-hmm. and they could have scored there, lost a scoring opportunity there. Um, they also had a touchdown that was overturned. They had two missed field goals and then they had a fumble in the red zone. So, I mean, it's like Jacksonville moved the ball on the Ravens defense last week, got inside the 40 and just like suddenly couldn't come up with anything. Uh, so, I mean, it's, they do, it's, it is a bend, but don't break kind of a defense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a bimba, but, but don't break kind of defense means that they basically play a lot of teams that don't have enough on offense to capitalize to break them. Right. They just don't have enough. We're not that team. Right. So I don't know that the Ravens can score with the Niners if the Niners don't turn it over. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the numbers from Lamar Jackson last week. And they're anemic, 14 for 24, 171, seven-point yards, yards per average, one touchdown and a pick. The longest pass he threw was 26 yards, and he took three sacks. And that's exactly what I was kind of running up while we were talking. I'm, I want to look at what Brock Purdy did against the Jaguars, and I'm looking at it right now. He was 19 for 26, 296, 11, point yard, 11 yards um, per, uh, per average, three touchdowns, no picks, 66 long. Uh, two sacks and a 148.9 quarterback rating. And that was when the Jaguars were the hottest team in the league. Right. Coming off of a bye. Right. So, I mean, albeit we were coming off of a bye, but we were coming off of a three game losing streak on the road. Right. So I have us beating the Ravens. I, I If the Ravens were 100% healthy, for me, this would be a pick them game. Right. Because there'd just be too many athletes on the field. But for who they are right now and how they're playing their games, especially after how they looked last week and for where we are in our health and moving moving into this phase of the season where it's kind of like everything is kind of make it or break it, I, I got us beating them. I do too. And yet, you know, it's funny. Uh, I don't know if you read this story, but um, their, their awesome uh, defensive back, Kyle Hamilton, says we're being disrespected. He says that, you know, uh, you know, he basically says that, that it feels like they're being disrespected. According to the Elias Sports Bureau, by the way, it's only the second matchup of teams holding a share of the NFL's best record uh, in week 16 or later since the 1970 merger. So, I mean, mm. my goodness, that's pretty rare. 
uh, second time in basically my lifetime. I was born in 1970. So, I mean, that's you're talking about. And, and you know, you get the Niners rolling in. They've won six straight games all by double digits. Uh, Debo's playing the best ball of his year. He's a yak monster. Um, you know, and by the way, as far as what's at stake in this game, both teams can lock up playoff berths. I don't know if people realize this, but the Niners can actually lock up the one seed this weekend. If the Niners win and Dallas, Detroit and Philly all lose, it's over. Yeah, it's over. And the Niners are the the number one seed with home field advantage. No matter what, even if we lose out. Yeah. Even if they lose out, as long as Dallas, Detroit and Philly lose and the Niners win the Ravens, by the way, can take home the AFC North. If they win and the Browns lose, um, and a win would give them about an 83% chance, they're saying, of, of the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, if they lose, that their percentage falls from 83% to 53%. So it's a big game for them as well. The, the question I would have is, how are the Niners going to stop the run in this game? They just allowed 234 rushing yards to the Cardinals in Week 15. Yeah, man. The Ravens have an offensive line that ranks fourth in run block win rate, uh, but they just lost Keaton Mitchell. I just don't see Gus Edwards or Justice Hill, um, you know, running it up and down the field on the 49ers. It's one thing against the Cardinals with two power backs in kind of a down week, but, you know, a, a national TV game against a team like the Ravens. Um, I really think, you know, whatever effort the Niners need to bring run D wise, I think they'll have more than enough to stop those runners. Mitchell would have scared me. Edwards and Hill, not nearly as much. Right. So, I mean, (laughs) the game's changed, Larry. It's changed, man. Uh, We are a very talented team, right? But we understand that, uh, even with adding Chase Young, and I'd like your opinion on this. Even with adding Chase Young and Randy Gregory, right, via midseason trades, it's, it would seem as though that we have more of our stamina depth, right? But we still don't have the wave, the waves like we did a year ago of commiserate play across the line, right? Because For me, it is quite alarming that we cannot stop the run during certain stretches of the game. If the team commits to it, they can get it out of us, right? The the what's what's really saved our defense. And I mean, Jesus, I never thought we'd be talking about how our defense is getting saved by our offense. But what does save our defense is that we score at a high clip. So they don't see a lot of teams that are committed to running the ball, right? They get played, they get schemed out of it. They get the, the, the context of the game makes them, you know, go dry on the run case in point, the Eagles, right? The Eagles had to abandon the run against us, right? As soon as we started going up on them. So several teams have, I mean, the the Niners have gotten a lead against Pittsburgh. They've took away the run Yeah. Um, against Arizona in the first matchup. They got up big in the first half, kind of took away the run. I mean, that, that the number one run defender for the Niners is the Niner O. Yeah, I like that. I like that because that that's something that does save us. And, you know, for what it's worth, uh, I think that we are a little we are a little uh, we're a little gimpy on D. I think that the boys need a little bit more rest. Javon Hargraves has got that hamstring. He finally got out there. Eric Armstead hasn't got back on the field yet. Um, 
if you watch, I went back and watched last week's film. Dre Greenlaw is playing hurt beyond a shadow of a doubt. No doubt. He's playing he's falling hurt. off blocks. And yes. He doesn't yes. look like the same guy at all. Yeah. And he's and it's like at this stage, at this That's stage, why I was saying rest him. I mean, yeah. why wouldn't you just rest? You got to have him rested for the playoffs if you want to win it all. So, yeah. you know, either win today and sit him at the end of the year and, and play him against the Ravens or, you know, go with some other guys and freshen him up and see if you can get, you know, get him fresh. I mean, like Armstead's not going to go in this game. I find, you know, so if Armstead's not going to go, um, you know, to me, I, I I would try to, I mean, a guy like Dre Greenlaw is always going to say, I'm good. I'm good. Sometimes you got to look at him and say, Hey, you know what? We got you, you know, we got you this week. Don't worry yeah. about it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I agree. Know, I, but I know in a game like this, you know, and, and I, I was just driving around last night to doing some last shop, last minute shopping. And some guy on CBS radio was on there talking about this game. And he's like, how much will the Niners and the Ravens show in this game, knowing that this could be a Super Bowl preview? True. And I, I don't know. I don't know about that mentality, though. I mean, it's like the, the Super Bowl is in February, and both these teams are still very much in the regular season mode. Are you really going to hold back your game plan because you may reach the Super Bowl and the Ravens may be the team that reaches the Super Bowl against you? I don't know, coach. I, I I think you go all out to win this game. I'm just saying, as far as schematics, I'm just saying that there's a couple of key guys, and Dre Greenlaw is one of them. Eric Armstead would be another. That I I want to make sure because they do you do have depth, and it isn't like a win winner move on lose and go home kind of a situation. Where Sid Armstead, you know. Armstead's got to be that you need to have Eric Armstead in the playoffs and you need to have Dre Greenlaw in the playoffs. So whatever's going to make that a reality, then do that. If you feel like you can play him and they'll be there for you in the playoffs, fine. But if you want to sit them and so that they'll be fresh and hundred percent for the playoffs, I'm fine with that as well. How, how do you look at, at those key, those two key defenders against the run? Play him. Uh, this is a pro sport, man. I mean, if you, you know, being hurt and being injured are two different things and sitting somebody down um, in the sake, in the, if they're really hurt, then, you know, you don't want to be inhumane, you know, and that's kind of, that's kind of the consultant side of being a pro player, right? You know, you only, you can talk about them, how you can manage your pain, right? Certain injuries hit different for certain guys. So, yeah, Dre is playing hurt, but you can tell that it's more of a pain management situation rather than it is him getting more hurt. Um, so you we never know. This could be something where um, he's got to get it taken care of after the season anyway, and he's just managing it, right? If that's the case, then play, right? Yeah. Because it ain't going to get better. Um, so we, we don't know the context and only gave out that scenario is because we don't know the context of these injuries, right? And we don't know... Uh, how these guys are feeling, if they want to play, if they don't want to play. That's why you just go ahead and just make a one generalized statement, play them, right? If they can't play, they're absolutely injured. Uh, I don't want to play with, or I don't want to play around with getting complacent with thinking that we're just going to win games. We still got a lot of meat left on the bone to finish out our season and get our goals. And then really part of our goal is getting the number one seed because then we get two natural buys because of it right we get 
the buy for being the number one seed, and then we get the Super Bowl buy, right? So we have two buys coming if we handle our business. And this is part of finishing out the rest of your goals, man. Like that last 20 yards is the roughest, right? But there are things at stake where I have to correct myself where I was looking at the number one seed as far as uh, us beating teams in our division. But yeah, Larry, if the number one seed is that large for us to go ahead and just kill this thing right then and, right then and there on Monday night, right? If we know, think about it this way. Think about it this way. We play a Monday night game. What is What do you think if we are set to win the number one seed for good and all Monday night, right? I mean, because I mean, we, that, I mean, obviously the we played the last game. We played the last game of the week. Yeah, you play to win, but I would just be smart with my guys. So you know, and, and it's 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 a case by case basis, you know. But uh, it sounds like Hargrave's going to go, and it sounds like Greenlaw's going right. to go, and it sounds like Armstead's not going to go. It sounds like Elijah Mitchell is going to go. So, you know, we'll, we'll see injury wise, but I mean, I'm playing this, I'm not holding anything back. I'm playing this game to absolutely send a message to the rest of the league and also keep your momentum going. I mean, the Niners are playing great ball right now. The whole world um, is watching on Monday night too, Larry. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, it's the only pro game being played on planet earth. Oh, this, this, the, uh, the ratings are going to be through the roof. Yeah. Um, I do think the Keaton Mitchell injury is huge. Um, you know, even they don't have Mitchell, but the Ravens do boast the top rushing attack in the entire league. They rush for 163.8 yards per game. That's 22.9 yards more than the next closest team. So they, they absolutely can run the ball. Um, they're also one of the most well-rounded teams. They're second. They're balanced. Yeah, they're second in defensive DVOA. They're fourth in offensive DVOA. Their defense has given up the fewest points in the league. They only give up 16.3 points a game. Their offense averages the fourth most in the league at 27.4. As far as Lamar, he's 24-11-2 against the spread um, on the road in his career. So he's a very good quarterback on the road. Um, and as far as the Niners, I mean, you know, under Brock Purdy, the Niners are rolling, right? They've won six in a row. They're averaging 34.5 points per game. They're beating teams by an average margin of 18.3 points per game. So this is going to be interesting. Uh, Lamar, by the way, 8-5 and five straight up and 11-2 and two against the number as an underdog. So he's really good on the road. He's really good as an underdog. John Harbaugh, by the way, if you're looking for this trend, as an underdog in his career, 54-34-3 against the spread. That's the second best of any coach in the NFL in the last 20 years behind only Mike Tomlin, your your uh, your buddy. Yeah. Coach, co- coach looks an awful lot like Mike My Tomlin. My doppelganger. Your doppelganger, yeah. And then um, the Ravens, though, have blown leads. I mentioned that before. They've blown leads in all three of their losses, including two of them were double-digit leads. So, I mean, it's... The Niners can clinch that number one seed and home field with a win and a Philly, Dallas, and Detroit loss. Um, the Niners, when they've beaten teams this year, have dominated them in wins. They've got eight wins of 16 or more points this season. So when they win, they typically win big. Um, you know, And by the way, the Niners' 10 double-digit wins through 14 games, second most uh, for, for the 49ers, second most in history to the 07 Patriots. Hmm. Or, or I should say it's the most since the 07 Patriots. So, you know, the Niners, 
Brock Purdy has been incredible as far as, you know, playing at Levi's. He's 10 and one straight up at Levi's. So he's been really, really good. Also, Brock Purdy's been really good at night in night games, six and zero in college at night uh, at Iowa State. And he's made six starts for the Niners at night. He's five and one straight up. So in other words, Brock Purdy plays big in big games. So does Lamar bring it on Monday night. It's going to be great. And, and you know, the one, the one uh, thing about this game to me, that's really interesting is, you know, are the Niners going to be able to run the ball? Um, you know, because the numbers say that the Ravens are struggling with the, the, you know, two backs. If you put a fullback on the field, they go with some lighter boxes. We mentioned this the other night. Um, and teams that have two running backs, a running back and a fullback, um, on the field have been really good at running the ball at the Ravens. Um, but then you look at that Raven personnel and you look at Michael Pierce is 358, Travis Jones is 330, Matabuke is 310 and fast. And then they got Roquan and Patrick Queen inside. Um, you know, it's it, it guys who are so good in zone defense on that second level that it really takes a lot of pressure off their corners. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of, of uh, challenges to, to establishing the run against this Raven team. It's not going to be easy to, to run it on them. All right. It's not. And something else that I've been looking at that I feel like is um, a little bit of a, it's going untalked about is untalked about is not a word by the way. but it's 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 being avoided um special teams our special teams has been a little bit up and down at best uh for the season i like what they're doing by adding debo samuels to kickoff return that's amazing because it actually gives us a home run threat back there um we got to figure out what we're going to do with ronnie bell at punt return i do not like him back there uh Unsaid. Thank you, Thank you so much. I got. I, I just worked out. Weeks. I got like workout brain. Um, go ahead. Well, Ronnie Bell has fumbled two times in the last three weeks. Yeah, uh, ne- neither resulted in a turnover. Against Philly, he fumbled that ball out of bounds, and then against Arizona, you know, he fumbled the ball, but his forearm and hit the ground, so he was ruled down by contact. But yeah, I mean. To me, that's, you know, you watch that the last couple of weeks and you get nervous and you're like, well, wait a second. Um, you know, he's filling in for Ray Ray McLeod. McLeod went on the IR due to a rib, rib injury. Now, McLeod could return, but he can't return, I don't believe, until he's been there for four weeks. And that would be at the end of the season. So he could return for the playoffs. But I, I'll say, you know, one of the things that I saw this week just uh, online, uh, NBC Sports Bay Area tweeted out, Brandon Ayuk getting some some reps returning punts at practice. So I would say Shanahan is me and Shanahan might be in lockstep on this thing. Use Debo as your kick returner. Use Ayuk as your punt returner. Um, you already have so many weapons that they're a little bit underutilized compared to how they would how their usage would look if they played on a different team with fewer weapons. So the depth of the Niners' weapons has kept them fresh. Um, it's go time, man. And if your best punt returner is Ayuk, then put him back there. And if your best kick returner is Debo, then put him back there. You can make big plays on special teams. You can win and lose games on special teams. Go with your best. 
Well, <clears throat> I agree with you 100%, but I also am looking at the act, the specials that they have. Uh, Justin Tucker is, is class personified, man. Oh, he's All the right? best. He's the best. So we got to also start looking at this game could get really this game could get really close um if we had like a like a possession battle game where you know both teams are pretty much hunkered down to running the ball and I feel like they have the edge when it comes to special teams. Also, we're playing against we're playing against I, I think that people you know what's all right. So I'm I I am so sorry for forgetting your name. Right. But in one of my chats, there was Larry. A, my name's Larry. No, 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 no. The uh, oh. <laughs> no, that there there was a supporter that put a comment in my um in one of my videos and he asked me, um, hey coach, who are your top 15 players on the uh on the Niners from top to bottom? Who is the most who's the most important from top to bottom? And I had Mitch Wisnowski in my top 15 for playing a great year. He's probably he's, going to the Pro Bowl. Thank you. But at the same time, Jordan Stout is right there with him. If you look at his numbers, the Ravens punter. Okay. So Mitch Wisnowski, we know is having like a phenomenal year, right? But this is to look at this. Mitch Wisnowski has 22. This is now we regard Mitch as the best punter in the league. He has 22 punts inside the 20. Okay. Jordan Stout has 25. At 46.3%. Okay. Jordan Stout has one punt blocked. Uh, Mitch has none. If you look at the net punt yards of Mitch Wisnowski is 47.7. All right. And Jordan Stout is 47.8. All right. The net of Mitch Wisnowski's punt yardage is 2148. Uh, uh, no, 1939. And Stout's, Stout's net is 2167. So this is a team that you can tell that they're intelligently made. They flip the field. They they put offenses in long drives. They push the ball down the field. And also, they got a, we may have gotten a little bit of a break with them losing Keaton Mitchell, but they because Keaton Mitchell was an emer, was like an emergence, right? I don't oh, think he, they were he's awesome. He's a yeah, he, but he, he, he kind of came out of nowhere, right? Yeah. He's great, but, yeah, but he was their best back for sure. But the Ravens also found another guy in Tylen Wallace, a receiver now that they have it. returning punts for them now, and he's the guy that that had that walk off punt return, that walk off, uh, what was it, a kickoff return or a punt return against the Rams? Against the Rams, and he's been doing a lot of their returning lately now. So he's good too. He's, he's I'm gonna player. tell you right now, he had that one punt return for 98 yards. I'm going to tell you, they're going to start putting him in the backfield to start returning their punts because they didn't. He's another guy that they, they that they weren't counting on. And special teams, man, I know it's 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 a part of the game where you go get your beer. You maybe go tweet during a punt or something. But watch out for this Ravens team because they always seem to tilt games because of their special teams. Oh, no question. Um, and special teams matter. I mean, they absolutely do. Uh, you know, Kyle Williams, anybody? Uh, ring a bell? Does that ring a bell? Ted Ginn went yeah. down in 2011. Williams was the next man up. Um, and then he screwed up two punts in one game. And it was against the New York Giants, and that was it. So, you know, it's, it's, um, 
you know, it's funny. I, I Kev sent me an interesting stat this morning, too, that I think is kind of interesting as far as CMC. CMC is first in the NFL in stacked box percent, stacked box percentage, 36.8.9%. And he leads the NFL in rushing with 1,292 yards. Kyron Williams of the Rams is second with, with 1,057 yards. His stack box percentage is, is uh, uh, instead of uh, is five point two nine percent. So he has any. I don't think the league really knows. You know, all right. I have to give credit. Sorry for cutting you off, Larry. No, no, no. Um, but I have to give credit. I saw this. I saw this first mentioned by Rich Madrid on Twitter. And who else? God, it, it escapes me right now because I want to give credit where credit is due. But the first person who I said who I saw put this was Rich Madrid, and he put that the Rams are giving him 49ers 2021 vibes, and it is freaking him out because all of a sudden, dog, the Rams are hot and they're turning on at the right moment. And also, the reason why that that kind of jogged my memory is because Kyron Williams, man, is I feel like he's He's more than what people give him credit for. He's a find, okay? He's he's a for real dude, man, really. Absolutely. Um, so all I'm no, saying is he was that, great at Notre Dame. Right. So all I'm saying is, is that this kind of gleams back to the point of should we start resting, guys? Should we start trying to prepare for the play? You see what I'm saying? Like, nah, man, there's, uh, there's still games to be played, right? I don't want to face the Rams when it matters in week 17. I'm going to wrap this thing up. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. Now you want to. You know what I mean? Don't, totally. Yeah. Stafford the other night against the Saints. They're for 328 the yards. Well, and their their talent's legitimate. I mean, Stafford's a legitimate quarterback. Kyron mm-hmm. Williams ran 22 times for 104 yards, 4-7 a clip. He's a really good runner. Um, we faced them earlier this year. Or say we Niners faced him earlier this year, and Puka Nakua lit the Niners up, but Cooper Cup didn't even play. Now Cooper Cup's healthy, so now you got Cooper Cup, you got Puka Nakua, you got DeMar- Demarcus Robinson, you got Tyler Higby, uh, you got Tutu Atwell. I mean, they've got they've got a legit group of weapons. Now their offensive line's a little bit in transition; it's not the offensive line it used to be. But I mean, Stafford, Kyron, and those receivers. That's a that's a really really good offensive arsenal, and then mm-hmm. defensively, you know you still got Aaron Donald, you got Kobe Turner, um, you know you got John Johnson who's a pretty decent de- defender. Withers Weatherspoon's Witherspoon, Akello's playing well for them, mm-hmm. um, and that's wild. Like yeah. he's really playing well for them. Legitimately, Byron Young, the rookie from Tennessee, has played well for them this year. So I mean, they're I, I don't think the Rams are. I wouldn't compare them at all to the 21 Niners. I don't think they're that. No, but they're not a team that you want. And I'll say this. No, hold on. Let me fix that. The 21 Niners in, in, in the guise of they're coming what on our late. playoff track was in 2021. But listen How to this, because we had Jason Loskin four on. And I said, hey, what do you think if the if the season ended right now, um, the Rams would take on the Cowboys? And he's like, the Rams would beat the Cowboys. They would. I was they would, man. for yesterday. I, I agree with that. The Rams, the, the, the Cowboys are fraudulent to me. They are. 
that would be I would love to see the Cowboys knocked off by the Rams and I could I could totally picture it. Yeah, definitely. I, the Cowboys don't have the Cowboys defense is they're, they're fast but they're not necessarily physical and um they can't stop the run. That yeah. You can't I mean Buffalo gashed the the Cowboys with the run and so did the Niners and if you look at uh if you look at at the Rams, the Rams are going to run Kyron Mitchell down their throat. Williams. Yeah. All day. Kyron Williams. I'm yeah. looking at Keaton Mitchell on the Super Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. Bailey but, got yeah. beat, says Keaton Mitchell only played like four games. Go Ravens. Yeah, we small and he got hurt, but he's a hell of a player. Unfortunately, for the Niners, they're not going to have him. Um, couple things that I want to get to here. Last night, I don't know what oh. you did last night, but the NFL, as Kev was in the, in the bar, um, I dropped him off and then, um, I'm, you know, I'm sitting around going, okay, what am I going to watch? So I watched a little bit of the warrior game against mm-hmm. the wizards, uh, the return of Jordan pool. Then I look up NFL network. They're showing the Ravens Niners super bowl. Oh my God. And so, and, and, and it wasn't like the highlight version. It was the, it was super the full bowl. game. It was the full game. And so I sat there and I watched it and man, just watching that game. It was coach. It was so interesting for people who don't remember the super bowl, super bowl was it 37 super bowl mm. or 47, maybe 47. 47. Um, Ravens 34 Niners 31. The Ravens in this game got up 28 to six. It was 28 to six. And then the 49ers scored 17 points in four minutes and 10 seconds. I mean, it was wild. And you know, it's like, we forget about so many aspects of that, that Harbaugh team. It wasn't that long ago in the Superdome. I was there that day, Harbaugh against Harbaugh, but I'll, I, you know, watching that game and I just, I had a couple of, of thoughts that I wanted to share with you on this game coach. Cause I, I was looking at it and I'm like, wow, look at this game. It's just, it's so, there's so the many Walker more, so many interesting aspects of that game. One of the things was that, you know, first of all, Kaepernick just made some absolutely amazing uh, throws. He outplayed Joe. Kaepernick he was threw for like great. 300 yards that game. Great. He snapped. Kaepernick in this game was really, really good. I mean, I, Kaepernick was, well, he was 16 of 28 for 302 yards. He had the one touchdown, the one pick. He was sacked three times. Uh, he ran seven times though for 62 yards and a touchdown, but man, I mean, he was, first of all, it was only his 10th NFL start and he just put, he had just such the ridiculous guy. Dude, how many times are we doing that with Sam Fran, bro? Like, just, we always have the young guy who just came in, who's leading. That's like, that's almost kind of like our destiny. He was so good in this game. He made so many laser throws. But just a couple of the observations I had from watching that game. And then I got to get your thoughts. Uh Uh-huh. The refs on the Jacoby Jones 108-yard kickoff return. The the fact that they missed two guys just absolutely Holding. sandwiching Bruce Miller. It was one of the most one of the it just the one of the most horrible blown call uh situations. I think I'm I've watching it now. Super Bowl. 
just absolutely two guys sandwiching him as Jacoby Jones runs right through Bruce Miller's lane, 108 yards for a touchdown. That thing should have been called back. It was the most blatant hold I think you'll ever see. Then the other thing that stood out, Dante Whitner and Deshaun Goldson were just absolutely smacking people. Then I miss those days of Goldson and, and Whitner. Saints, yo, just, remember, remember when Whitner destroying. hit? Dog, do you remember when Dante Whitner hit? What was Cuz from the Saints, the running Pierre back? Thomas. Pierre Thomas. Yeah. My God. Came a night like, night. Now, dude, now we're, we're suspending guys for the rest oh. of the season for bang, bang plays. But Goldson like, and Whitner, just every single hit would get them suspended now. Dude, if they played today, there will be police officers waiting for them on the sidelines after the game. They'd I be mean, arrested. Like, no, 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 no. No no locker rooms, no fines. Arraign them. It was like, he's, like, he's got to get locked up. It was such a crazy game. Hard-hitting game. Uh, the momentum swing was amazing. 17 Niner points in four minutes and 10 seconds. The game went from 28-6 to 28-23. The other thing that was really interesting, Alex Smith, you know, showing that game again, really talked a ton to Kaepernick a lot between series. I mean, you could see, I mean, lengthy conversations pacing him through. That was really an aid to Kaepernick is how cerebral Smith was because Smith is one of the smartest quarterbacks. And it just makes me think that that Smith would be a great quarterback coach, just seeing the way um you know, he was talking to Kaepernick on the sideline of this game. Um, it was it, Delaney Walker had just an absolute destruction of Jacoby Jones I, on I, one of the kickoff returns. Bro, wait, we should have used Delaney Walker more. I said we oh, should have used him more. He was awesome. Uh oh, Coach Froze. That game. Those, where's the. Uh... Uh oh. Coach, we're we're getting you on. The, at least I'm seeing you on the frozen side. Not sure if you're frozen on your end, but you're frozen on our end. You are, are you getting me now? Yeah, I get you now. I get you. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. But Delaney Walker, man, he was awesome. he only had he. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We good. was only targeted four times, three three receptions for forty eight yards, man, on a longer twenty eight. I mean, I, I've always thought that if. If we had a little bit more of an open mindset of like a two tight end set with Delaney and Vernon both on the field at the same time, we could have been that much more explosive. And Delaney was physical enough to be on the field in the run game, right? He was a good blocker. So, I mean, the 49ers were going to win that game, by the way. Yeah. I mean, they really were going to win that game. I mean, they had over 100 more yards. They were the more athletic team. And, And just watching that again, they get to first and goal on the Frank Gore run. In there's like two minutes and twenty five seconds left. They're at the seven yard line. Coach, what quarter is this? This is the fourth quarter. This is at the end. Oh no end no no! Like game. what 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 uh what uh what time? I got the I got the game in front of me. Okay, so it's like it's roughly like two minutes and twenty seconds left. The Niners have a okay. long Frank Gore run. They get down to the five or the seven. Okay, it's first and goal. Well. The the first play they call a a Kaepernick roll right, and coach. This is the Super Bowl. They're down five. Kaepernick Run the ball. Ro- 
Kaepernick rolls right. There's tons of space. If all he decided to do just was run just, forward, just bury his head and, and go for the end zone, he, he easily could have run down to the three-yard line or the two-yard line on first and goal, right? Instead, he rolls right, rolls right, and then throws the most uncatchable bullet of a pass to Crabtree and just throw and it, it ricochets off him. But I mean, you had a chance at the corner. To run. It's right at, at the front pylon. Yeah, and and he had a chance to run for the touchdown. Did he run for the touchdown? No, he throws a bullet on the on the run, incomplete. The most first uncatchable ball of all time. That's first down. Then they get to the two minute warning. Okay, so now already this old Raven defense, which and and w- coach, when you watched Kaepernick had one run on this drive. The Ravens had nothing left. They had they had no speed on the field. Dude, they were li- this is what kills they me. Were dead. They were totally they were limping dead. through this game. We exploded with seventeen points in the third. They only had thirteen points in the second half. They were I, limping through this oh, they, game. But I mean, on this last drive, Kaepernick ran for a first down. Nobody really chased him. You could see like how slow the Ravens were. They get down to first and goal on the on this Gore run. And they should have probably just handed it to Gore again, uh, who didn't have a great game, but he was starting to heat up in the fourth quarter. Instead, they call the quarterback rollout, which is totally fine. Cap, though, should have ran it down to the two on, on the first and goal play. Instead, he throws incomplete. So now you're second and goal. Now you're at the two-minute warning. So now mm-hmm. this old defense gets to, to take a breath. And then the 49ers can't get the next play called in time. Harbaugh has to call a timeout. I'm looking at it. So now, not only do they do the forty, they get a blow the and they get, get a chance to regroup. Warning, they get the two-minute warning, and then they get another timeout. They gave an old defense two clock stoppages. Nah, at the Larry, end of I'm a looking long at that drive. play. There was nowhere for Cap to go. But on but that nobody, he but he's six three, and they he, all he he was there. There was room for him to run at least three yards. All right, so yeah. I'm looking at it. Two-minute warning, second and goal. Right now, Oh, uh, how good Jim looks. All right. Is this the play where he throws it away? Yeah, this has to be. So it's second and goal, two-minute warning, 34-29. On this drive, the Niners have had four rushes, two passes for 75 yards in two minutes and 19 seconds. They flew down the field. Right, they flew down the field. They had so much time. They got down to the five-yard line with plenty of time. They should have won that game for freaking fun. Instead, they they had the two-minute warning. Ravens get get a timeout. Uh, and, and, a, and a chance to rest. Then the Niners can't get the play called in time. Harbaugh's got to call a timeout. Um, huge gaff, giving the Ravens another rest. Then the third gaff is Kaepernick rolls right and should have just You're right. Ran. He could have ran. He could have ran. Because Delaney, Walker's, Delaney Walker's out in front two block. He's not even right. going out there. Right. Yeah. He could just ran. run. You would have gotten at least to the three. You might as I think he would probably would have scored, to be honest. But at least run the ball there. No, he doesn't run. Then they get to third and goal. And All right, I'm looking they, at it now. Give me the third and goal play. Wasn't it a pass to Crabtree? Hold on. So they got the roll to the right. You see him right here. Kaepernick scanning over the top. Delaney Walker's blocking. He throws to the front pylon to Crabtree. Bounces Rick, off of his chest. Yeah, nothing. It, was a, it was just a rocket. Rocket, and, yeah. But it was there. He could have caught it was there, that. But, I mean, it was a rocket. It was, it was not a rocket. All right, third and goal. They clocked it. Third and goal, and they're at one fifty-five left. And they're at the what? The seven or the five? Niners are at the five. Looking in five-yard line on third and goal. Okay, so we got 
We're on the far left hash, all right? So we got to the field, to the left. I mean, we got the boundary to the field, to the uh, to the right, and the boundary to the left. We got stacked. Who's that? Is that Randy and Crabtree at the bottom stacked? Randy Moss and uh, Crabtree are stacked to the bottom. And Delaney Walker's coming in motion with Frank Gore on the right-hand side of Kaepernick. They come down. Delaney Walker stays on left-hand side. They come back. Kaepernick checks. They're doing a check. They call blitz. The Ravens, oh, no, it's blown dead. That's the timeout. That's the timeout. They call a timeout. Yeah. So now it's the second timeout. So now the Ravens are getting another blow. They're getting another blow. And yeah. Then, and then they threw the, but I mean, my point was just that they had first and goal. They had Gore and they had a running quarterback against an old defense. And instead, they throw a fade to Crabtree on fourth down and the third down pass. Oh, was then they threw another well. third down pass. That was horrible. He had no shot. What he was, was the nowhere near. Pass? The third down pass was a out to Randy. Yeah, they go to Randy, and it, it, I mean, it's like it was not. It was. It was another. Bu- another a bullet pass. pass. Yeah, Randy had to fall to the ground to get it. He had no shot. If he caught it, he's falling. I mean, so you, they, r- r- yeah. Frank Gore's your Hall of Famer. Kaepernick was running beautifully. Um, in that they the Niners gagged that one man. I mean, seriously, that was a gag, and 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 they t- and just horrible clock management too, calling a timeout. And then the two minute warning and watching. No, that was to Crabtree. That wasn't to Randy. They and that I mean, was the Ravens yeah. were absolutely reeling in that game. But you know what's interesting watching it was that Kaepernick had so, he didn't have near the he couldn't doesn't have the accuracy or the anticipatory throws that Purdy has. He almost threw a pick six earlier in the game. Um and and but he had just an absolute rocket. I mean, he had a tremendous arm and great foot speed. He didn't have the purdy accuracy. He didn't make those anticipation throws uh, like Brock does. Um, but, man, I mean, Kaepernick was just so, so talented. That th- that Niner team was so hard-hitting. I mean, it was just... It was one of the most physical teams that I've ever seen play. Ever. And one of the most physical games, too. But the Niners were better than the Ravens that day. They really were. That, that was a tough one. To In today's with. league, Jimmy Smith, this is what's crazy is that Cap Jimmy bailed Smith Jimmy Smith out. That was a hold. That was a but hold. Cap, totally but, the ball, but the ball was uncatchable. But they didn't. That's not what they ruled. They ruled that it wasn't a it wasn't a hold. No, that it was should a have hold. been a defense. A clear hold. hold. Yeah, but they're not going to call that in the final play of the game. You know what I mean? I uh, mean, if you would have made it catchable. Yeah, possibly. But, I mean, it's like, they, you know, the ref, refs hate to be, you know, to make the impact, make that kind of an impact. And you can see, and you can see that, and you can see that uh, Crabtree, he misread that ball. You can see that he throttles down like three yards into the red zone, into the end zone. And the ball, Cap doesn't even put any air on it. He just chucks it out there. Let's look at this chat. Ellis says this 2023 team is better than the 2019 or the 2012 team. You're tripping. Well, <clears throat> I'll say this. I think this team the is same clearly rule. This, better. The than 2012 the defense couldn't even play in today's NFL. Well, I mean, the tw- yeah, the, the, but they got gashed at times by Anquan Bolden in this game. I mean, Chris Culliver got roasted. But, yeah, the Niners safety play back then was just ridiculously hard hitting. And then Willis and Bowman at their height. Uh, Alden Smith at his best. On, Brooks yeah, was Cowboy. huge in this game. Brooks, remember, you know, we don't we forget about Brooks, but Brooks was was terrific um, 
in this game. So, I mean, the Niners, it, it, I would say that if you said, how would you rank these teams? I think and our 2012 team, team special teams was nasty. You forgetting the Tony Montana Ted, squad? Well, Ted you're Ginn. tripping. Ted Ginn, it was a blur. He had an incredible CJ Spillman. Like, we had dogs yeah. on special teams, bro. Like, stop Blake, playing. Like, Blake this 2012. Costanzo. Yeah, that, that 2012 Costanzo. team was 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 raw. Yeah, it was a oh, raw was, ass squad. Oh, they I mean, there was a ton of talent there. I would say this 2023 mm-hmm. team is better, definitely, than the 2019 team. Uh, because I just think that they're the Niner D line now is better. I think Brock's better than Jimmy. Um, I think the weapons right now are, are you know, you didn't have McCaffrey in 2019. As far as the 2012 team, man, the 2012 team was really good. Um, the only thing that that bugged me about that 2012 three, uh, team is that the some of the usage, like the Michael James at certain, they make, like on that first and goal play. So Gore rumbles down. That's what it was. The first and goal play was the handoff to Michael James. Yeah. You get first. Frank Gore rumbles down. And goes like almost untouched down to okay, the five so, yard line, and then the very next play, instead of handing it to Frank Gore, they hand it to Lamichael James, and he gets. I stuck. mean, when you put it like that, when you Why? put it like that, what you're, what you're trying to uncover is if you go with the 2019 team and the 2012 team, where do you go with the coaching? Who gets the coaching nod to you? Shanahan, right? I, I mean, I go Shanahan because I, I I'm. You know, I, I'm I, not I over think, Roman. Well, no, I mean, you can't I mean, put you can't put Roman over Kyle. Yeah, no, no. I mean, the Niners' offense right now is so much better than that offense. If you said, yeah, like that's why I like the Niners to win. I take Michael Potty in a heartbeat, though. Yeah, I mean that that 49er offensive line um, with Yapati. You had Staley in his prime. You had Yapati and Anthony Davis, Jonathan, and you had Goodwin at center. Come on, man, Boone. Bo- Boone Goodwin, Boone Goodwin Staley, Upati. Come on, man. That yeah. that's that's a good line. It's a yeah. good line. You'd have Trent Williams, but that's a really, really good line. And it you could have Trent. Line. I'll take the 2012 offensive line over this offensive line any day. I wish the Niners had Delaney on this team. You know, it wouldn't be fair tight end because they had Vernon and Delaney. And well, and Delaney was really good. If Delaney Man, Walker yeah, plays I'm, today, it'd be like yeah. having Njoku, in a sense. Yeah. Um, Delaney Walker is a very underrated player. One of my really? favorite yeah. tight end guys. Like, I'm telling you, man, Delaney Walker was a guy. Um, there, There's a couple of guys that if they were on this team today. Colton and Whitner were just ridiculous. There's Where do you play them? Well, I mean, I'm I'm taking one of those guys. I mean, at line, I would take I would take Golson at, at linebacker. Yeah, I mean, t- in today's game, you could play those guys as linebackers. They're I mean, linebackers. Whitman was a vicious hitter. Yeah, I mean, he dude, was, you look you look at all of the Golson. safeties, the safeties in the in the straight henchmen that we knew ten to fifteen years ago. They're all all pro linebackers if they play today, right? What what's Fred Fred Warner is regarded as the best linebacker in the NFL. That's like what people say, okay? What's Fred Warner's measurables? He's what, 6'3", 230? 6'3", probably 230, two, yeah, two, maybe two, yeah, roughly 230, 235. That's Sean maybe. Taylor, man. Oh, I know. That's I Sean know. Taylor. Like, imagine if Cam, that's Cam Chancellor. Like, imagine that. 
I'll tell you, like you know, funny. The, there's a. I was watching some college film this week of there's a safety in this draft from Miami named James mm-hmm. Williams. Go check. You should go check out James Williams from the herd from the U. Yeah, he is one of my favorite players in this upcoming draft. He's a six foot five, two hundred and twenty pound safety. He is. Just, He'll get converted. Yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna play like um you know like Javon Jack Curry or something. Yeah, he'll play. Yeah. He's a linebacker, he'll play the star. Foul, but, but I mean, wow! You get you should see this guy. I mean, he looks. He's got kind of a forgettable name, James Williams. It's hard to remember that name. But you I mean, know who I like. But he's big time. Who do you I like? got to see this kid. He 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 looks good. My 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 safety prospect that I hope we sneak on to the Niners is Malachi Moore from the Bama. Yeah, Bama's got a bunch of guys. I love me some Malachi Moore. Which of those Bama receivers do you like? Do you like Burton or do you like Bond? Isaiah Bond is nice. He's the guy who Um, got the the Iron Bowl touchdown. Yeah, he's turning on. He's turning into a guy. Um, He's an underclassman, though, isn't he? Yeah. You know who I love at Bama? Uh, Who is like, it's kind of funny. Um, I I believe, uh, let me see. Bama. Uh, for, for me, that who I like is a story for Bama. He wears number 19. He's literally a Debo clone. Um, he plays receiver for them. Uh, he's there. He's there. He's their gadget guy. He does all of their tunnel screens, all of their zero now routes, all of their intermediate throw stuff. Uh, and he's a guy that I'm really into that plays receiver for Bama right now. He's just a carbon copy of Debo Samuel, honestly. He's What's young. I think it's story. Hold on. Let me let me look real quick. That's why I was trying to get it right. Isaiah before Bond I... is a sophomore. Jermaine Burton is the uh, is the junior. He's he's mm-hmm. big time. Um, I don't see story on here. Maybe he's hurt. Kendrick Law. Sorry. Kendrick, Kendrick Law. He's a sophomore. Yeah. Too, yeah. Yeah. Kendrick Law. If you look at Kendrick Law, he's a guy that I'm really uh, that I really like. I like Kobe Prentice. Um, but Isaiah Bond seems to be the guy that actually stayed. I'm not too high on Jermaine Burton because he's not really a Bama guy. He's a transfer guy. So he's really here for a cup of coffee and a sweet roll. And then he's going to roll out. But for me, um, Isaiah Bond, uh, Kendrick Law, and Kobe Prentice are kind of the guys that are going to be here next year and kind of try to carry on that wide receiver legacy uh, at Alabama, which kind of um, – My favorite Bama guys, I like, I like J.C. Latham. Number sixty-five, the right tackle. tackle. He's yeah. awesome. Um, I love uh, Dallas Turner, the edge rusher. Uh, well, Dallas junior. Turner is Dallas Turner is going to get paid, and I love Dallas Turner get paid. I like McKinstry quite a bit. Well, they uh, uh they Turner. also have a guy. Um, they also have a guy that I really like, uh, Caleb Downs. Um, he's a freshman safety for them. Caleb Downs is going to be. He's going to probably be a top ten pick. He's a he's a freshman and he's already. Um, huh? Yeah. yeah, Caleb Downs is a guy. Like, got him out of the state of Georgia. I think they took him away from the dogs. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, so those are really, and then honestly, battle. if you look at, if you think about a guy that's like realistically, because I don't think we're going to get Latham, right? But a guy that realistically could come Ooh, to the us. Niners, is, yeah. Well, the Niners uh, could get Latham if they decide to trade Ayuk. But that's well, the only way they're gonna Okay, but let's say if they stand pat, right? Let's say if we're we we picking our usual picks like 28, 29, 30, right? I like Terry and Arnold 
Yeah, they, I do too. Bama's got Arnold. a corner, man. Terry and Arnold, man. He's and a we got him. Sophomore. He's a red he might, sophomore. So if he, if he, you know, a lot of people think he he's might leave. Out. He's, a, he's a great athlete. He's incredible. Yeah, athlete. I love Terry and Arnold, man. It's like in a lot of so, ways, he's the pro- prototype athlete. Yeah. So, I mean, 60, you know, 195, great body control. Yeah, Terry on Arnold is is a, got some dominant traits. Uh, Arnold stood out to me when I watched them three or four times this year. Uh, yeah, you like Malachi Moore though, for the, who plays that star. Yeah, position. Malachi Moore is my guy. Yeah, heady, physical. I mean, he's very physical, but he's very smart, talkative, super communicative. Like always talking on the field, getting guys in position. He's the leader of that secondary, and he's also a guy that. Nick Saban always has his guys where he trusts them. He lets them make their own calls on the field, and he communicates through him. Nick Saban communicates through Malachi Moore a lot, a lot like he used to do with uh, Drake Kirkpatrick, Malachi um, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, uh, Patrick Sertan Jr. So, you know, that's kind of like a Bama tradition. Nick always gets uh, a DB that he uh, he kind of pushes his edict through, almost kind of like the captain of the secondary. And I mean, Malachi's this was, this been that for Nick for a while. Blue, this was the ultimate blue chipper. I mean, when he came out, he was the top-rated safety in the 2020 recruiting cycle, Malachi Moore. He was he was a four-star recruit by all the major sites. Um, you know, premier guy, could have gone anywhere in the country. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, this, guy's, this guy uh, is considered one of the best one of the best going. He to- signed with Bama over Arkansas, Auburn, and Georgia. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Malachi Moore. You'll wait for him in the draft for sure. He'll be a he'll be a key guy to watch. Um, let's hit some yeah. of these. And really, here. if you look at with the Lions, the Lions have one of our one of our babies that we love for years, Brian Branch. He played safety for Bama for a while, and had a great, he's had a great year. And he's killing with the Lions. But Brian Branch was kind of like Malachi Moore's mentee. Really, it's almost kind of like Malachi Moore to safety play at Bama, in a sense, is what Frank Gore was to running back play to the U, where there were so many guys under Frank that always looked up to Frank, but Frank kept getting hurt. You know, see what I'm saying? He never got the true, the true platform that he needed until he finally got to the league. Malachi Moore is that guy with Bama. He's been hurt multiple times, but he's always been special. Every time he gets on the field, he makes a play. This is a guy that like calls his own shots, calls out picks. Like, remember how Luke Keekley used to have kind of like a control of the game where he would know where the ball is going? That's what Malachi Moore has. So he's a special guy. And I hope that teams sleep on him because of his injury history and we pick up on him because he would be perfect for us. Oh, I, it's, it's, seriously, he would be, he would absolutely be incredible. Um, you know, people are starting to ask, where does this 49er offense rank with the greatest offenses ever? Um, great story by Jason Aponte on Niners nation about how only 37% of 49er fans think that this is the most dominant team of their lifetime. Uh, in the Niners have obviously had some great teams. I mean, um, but you know, you look at this offense right now, they've put up 30 points a game on a regular basis. Um, it's funny. The 84 Niners went 15 and one. They scored 475 points. So they were this 29.7 points per game. So that's pretty good. The best offenses in 49er history by points scored. Number one, best offense, 94 Steve Young's offense. 
505 points, 31.6 points per game. Number two offense ever, 98 offense, um, 29.9 points per game. Year they went 12 and four, also with Steve Young. Mm -hmm. Um, 2019's offense with Jimmy scored 29.9 points per game, went 13 and three. That's number three. Number four is the 84 offense with Joe that will beat the Dolphins in the Super Bowl, 29.7 points per game. The 93 offense, which was Steve Young's year, first year as the, or not first year, but the year that he, him and Joe battled in Kansas City and Joe beat Steve. But that 93 Niner team, 29.6 points per game. They lost to Dallas in Dallas in the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Then the 87 team with Joe, 30.6 points per game. Um, but as far as they scored 459 points, as far as just points, they're sixth overall. 95s at 457. And then uh, this 2022 team. CMC year. 2022, 450 points. So, I mean, if I say the greatest 49er offense, the current Niner team, sits at 402.6 yards per game um, and 30.4 points per game. So the Niners offense this year is averaging 30.4 points per game. So the only offenses that they've had that were better were 87 and 94. Mm. Where do you put this offense uh, as far, I mean, this team's got Debo, IU, I mean, Kittle, all right, so, CMC, so, okay, Purdy so, playing right. at an MVP level. They got I like guys. the way, when you look at how it's, how the uh, interior is by points scored, um, then we have to be the best offense that this that we've seen. Um, you know, we're, we score in droves, man. I mean, what do we average? What do we average a year this year so far? I, I just said 30 point, uh, 30.4. 30.4. 30.4. Yeah, and, and 91, 94 team average 31.6. I still think we still have more to go. I mean, I think it, you could say that it could be a wash because we definitely have more games, right? We have one more game than them. But outside of it, man, I really do believe that offensively, this is probably the most potent offense that we've had i don't i can't remember the last time i watched the niners and points wise i wasn't scared or i wasn't concerned about how many points we're going to put up today it was more or less how the game is going to be played we can score man in this offense we get down the field we push the ball down the field and we're scoring with the pass and really (laughs) what's frustrating about it if you're a defensive team is that it's not the fact that we're successful with the pass it's that we're efficient with the pass, right? Like we're not, it's almost like we're our success rate with, with throwing the ball is like at an all time high. That's one thing that's special about this offense is that when we do throw the ball, we're highly successful. We are efficient as hell. We don't leave a lot of meat on the bone. And, and then on top of it, it's not even like, it's not even like a dink and dunk offense. It's explosive. You know what I mean? Like, they're yeah, like we're throwing the ball down the field. So um, that's what's unique about um, the offense that we have now is that it's it we score, we score in chunks, we score fast, and we can score in explosive plays. And I hate to do this to you, Larry, but 
I remember a certain content creator brought up a narrative that the Niners need speed. They need speed on offense. You know, they got they got guys that run through you, but they don't have guys that run by you. Right. Debo Samuel runs through you. Jawan Jennings runs through you. Christian McCaffrey runs. Am I doing it right, Larry? <laughs> runs through right. you. But the Niners, they don't have explosiveness. You know, outside of Ray Ray McLeod, how much speed do the Niners have on offense? And I feel like if you look at this offense, we are explosive, right? But not, and not, not, not like, let me wait a second. Not like Miami. Miami's got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, even like last week, Rondell Moore, Elijah Higgins. I mean, Arizona had some serious speed. The Niners still have more physical guys. I, I they haven't been able to put their speed on the field really. I mean, who leads the yard and yards after catch, nope, Larry? Nope. Who but leads I mean, the league and yards after catch. But who's the, what's the fastest guy they got? Who's the fastest guy they got? Ayuk. Yeah, on offense. Yeah. What do you think he runs? Four or five, probably yeah, at best. Saying. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there are teams that have guys who can really run. Like they don't. We the, the Niners don't have um, big time guys. I mean, they've got guys who are right, run after the catch guys, but they don't have. There's not that vertical threat on this team. I mean, they're doing it without a vertical threat, um, which is amazing. I mean, I'd love to see. I mean, especially with Ray Ray out. If you needed to go 80 yards in one play. Debo might be able to bust a seam, but it's all about, it's got to be like schemed up. It's not like you're just going to be hold, like, hold, hold, hold on. Now, Larry, not, there's no burner. There's no, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a goddamn minute. Hold on. <laughs> Larry, what? you, I can't believe you of all people are sitting here talking about how we get things done. I'm just you saying, are the president of the Brock Purdy fan club. Optics don't matter. It's speed, results. Speed. Okay. Offense is about creating space. Speed creates right. space. Scheme creates space. But speed also creates space. Why do you think the Rams drafted Tutu Atwell? Because he's well, okay. Blur. But oh, he's but a, but but okay. So answer me this. And I asked Shannon a couple times. I said, "How important is speed?" And he's like, "It's vital." So that's why they won't cut Danny Gray. Because they just want it, they 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 know they got to have that speed at some point. But so far, Larry, Larry I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think, threat. Larry, I don't think that. I think that trying to inge- trying to say that this offense doesn't have speed because we don't necessarily have world class at like a four four is like your your top ten percent fastest dudes ever. Four three is world class speed. Okay, that's world class right. speed. All right, so we don't have we don't have that on our offense. That's my but point. But at the same time, with what we have, with the players that we have, you have to honor every blade of grass on the field well, because fine. of how- that's fine. But I'm just all my point was just my point, which is they don't have any vertical speed. I mean, if they did have vertical speed, watch the heck out. I, I just watching Ted Ginn in the in the Harbaugh Bowl. Ted Ginn had huge speed. Like four two four three. He's a track speed. athlete. Yeah, he had big speed. Uh, watching the Niners, like watching Danny Gray in camp, he's got ridiculous speed. Watching Miami, they've got Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, 
guys who, I mean, I, that's all I'm saying. I, I would love to see the 49ers get that vertical guy, that guy who absolutely, like everybody knows, he can Ted run. Ginn had a beautiful you. gait, too. His oh, gait was, was, was oh, elegant. He was such an elegant runner, wasn't well, he? Like, oh, he was incredible. But, I mean, that's the one thing. I mean, they're they're getting it done because of, of play design, and they've got great players. I mean, it's it's not like they don't have great players. And Brock is putting the ball on their hands, so they're getting a lot of run after the catch because of the accuracy of the quarterback. But if this team had the next frontier for this team would be if they had a true burner. If they had a true burner that you were like, if they had a Tyreek Hill, it would be like, could you imagine Shanahan play calling if the Niners had a player that could just run by you like a 2-2 Atwell? And that's all I'm saying. They That element they don't really have. I'm not saying that it makes them bad or anything, but it would they would be, they would be that much better if they had some vertical threat. And, and most teams do have it. Um, the Niners this year have it in Danny Gray. They had it in Ray Ray. Um, other than that, they have it in Conley. You know, that's another guy you might see Conley coach, um, start to become a bigger part of this mix. I've seen him getting ramped up in practice. I see some clips. Yeah. He, and he's, and Shanahan was talking about him this week. They're like, yeah, you know, has somebody said, has he lost speed? And he's like, well, yeah, he, he used to be four three three, and now he's four three six or something. You know, he was joking, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, I mean that vertical speed would be that's in some ways Conley. I think is a really valuable player because if you have to, uh, you know, make another guy on in a, in a you know he's a situation, wrinkle. he's yeah, a wrinkle. He, he's he's and he's well look. known. He's well known too. And he's not a and he's not one of these burners who's tiny that if you hit them they're just going to blow up. He's big. Oh, he was he, the he, truth out of UGA. I really yeah. thought he was. I thought he was going to do more than what he's done. Honestly, I know. Um, he was the truth coming out. Um, so like yeah, forty-two inch vertical too. Yeah, he was a dude. He was a combine freak right. coming out. Didn't he run four-two in the combine? I'm gonna look it up because it's crazy. It, he had he had like a his combine numbers were crazy. He lit the thing ablaze. I mean, he he was fast. He was everything. Um, yeah. I mean, you're talking about one of the best athletes to come out of college in a while. And he's, you know, I mean, he's been an okay NFL receiver throughout his career. Um, but he has never really done it because the ball skills are just okay. But listen to this athletic profile. Four three five. Yeah, four three five one five two four uh ten yard split. I said forty two inch vertical. I stand corrected. Forty five inch vertical. I mean, that's ridiculous. Dog, that's NBA shit. 45-inch vertical. And we're not talking about a small player. Get to the broad jump. He's 6'2", 213, too. He's not not like he's 5'7". This guy's 6'2". Yeah. Great athlete, man. He had 11'7 broad jump. 11'7". That's crazy. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And And for good measure, he put up 18 reps on the bench. Yeah, which is a ton for That's a wide a receiver. Solid day. Although this guy's a monster athlete, monster yeah, he athlete. Is. So I mean, you know, getting and he's him got thirty-three nice. inch arms. Hold on, yeah. he's a, how he's long are BA's arms? Longer, probably. I would say thirty-four. BA's BA's uh, uh, arm length is crazy. He he he, he BA's like six-one and change. He mm-hmm. plays like he's six-four. 
Yeah, his 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 catch radius is out of this world. I mean, that's just, why I would love to see him get uh, more go routes, deep balls. It seems like BA is always kind of like either like falling off double route off off of double moves or his um his go routes always seem to be a little clunky at the end. Like he doesn't finish. Did you see, by the way, that McCaffrey gave all of the offensive teammates um, gifts? Golfs. He, he gave them golf bags, PX, PXG golf bags, a bottle of tequila, and a coupon for a custom fitting for a new set of clubs. Each member of the offense was was uh, handed that by Christian. And they asked Brock about it. He's like, yeah, it's probably pretty much out of my price range. I don't know if I could even afford to do that. Um did you see what Mahomes gave his guys? Yeah, the uh, golf carts. Those yeah. were sick. Yeah, I want one of those bad. That's that's probably like I those hear about all of the gifts. Thrilled. Every time I hear about a golf cart, I'm like, dude, that's what I want. Like, I keep the Rolex. You know what I'm saying? Like the golf clubs, cool. I get it if you play. You know what I'm saying? But everybody could do something with a golf cart. Well, it depends where you live, though. I mean, sure. I, I, I was thinking that, too, but I was thinking, well, if you're living in any kind of an urban setting, what are you doing with a golf cart? True. <laughs> I mean, where, what True. do you do with it? Like, you, that's kind of like a Florida thing. You got to live in the burbs. Like, if, if I gave you a golf cart right now and I dropped it off at your house, where where would you use it? <laughs> I mean, how do you use it? I mean, you can't True. drive it on the street, right? It'd be awesome if you lived in, like, you know, one of these, like, awesome communities. Yeah, like a gated community. Or a beach community, or yeah, you know, it'd be some dope for that. You could kind of roll around, you know, if you lived in like Hawaii or something. But you, those the the old linemen loved it. You could see they're just like, yeah, hell like, yeah. I oh could tell God. they were beeping around like they they, they were giddy. Uh, it was like kids. They're like kids. Those ATVs look kind of cool. Have you ever ridden an ATV? Yeah, yeah, I, dude. I spent five years in West Virginia, bro. I, I've had some real good times on ATVs, man. Going mudding. You know what I'm saying? Those are good times. Uh, ATVs are the best. I had a buddy who went down to Cabo and he did an ATV, you know, thing out in the, you know, out in the sand somewhere and sent me some video of it. And it looked like total, it looked like a ton of fun rolling mm -hmm. around on the ATVs. He said they're easy to flip though. Man. I don't know. Yeah. Supposedly if you yeah. They'll, they'll flip on you. They will flip on you if you just, if you get them fishtailed enough. But if you can, if you can splay out like, I love ATVs, man. Jet skis, anything that anything that you could put gas in and move, count me in. You know what I'm saying? Like I have a friend who's got a pontoon boat. We go out on the pontoon boat. That's always a good time. Really? Tell me about that. What, what's the pontoon boat? What, what, I mean, like those flat boats that are look like, uh, um, you know, it's almost like a like like a bunch of people could stand on it, almost like a like a boat that's like a platform sort of. Yeah, so like a pontoon boat is kind of like it's like a luxury, like it's like the hillbilly yacht almost. You know what I'm saying? Like they have like uh it, picture like they look like large spam cans, like a can of sardines. They're high rectangular shaped. Some of them jut out on the end and probably have like a little three foot dock on the back of it. Um, they're motor powered. They usually seat like they have like lounge seating, so. The couch, just like wrap around couches seating across the uh, edges of the pontoon, and they probably seat like comfortably like eight to ten people. You know what I'm saying? But and they come with like a overcover, like so they it's almost kind of like a convertible type deal. So you can fold the the top all the way down, and you're basically just in the pontoon, or 
they have like the hood almost kind of like a baby bassinet and it goes up like halfway. And I'm telling you, man, a couple of cases of beer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Some reels. Oh my God. You you said you said. Let's hit let's hit some chats and we're gonna have a guest, I believe, as well, stopping by, give us a little preview uh of the game. Uh we've got a the, the great Bruce Marshall from uh formerly of the Gold Sheet, now worth the Action Network, may jump in at some point and give us a little preview of Niners Ravens. We got a couple of NFL games today as well, but let's go through the chats here. Um, okay, we got that one. Callie Young said, Larry, how are Smith and Queen in coverage? They're outstanding in coverage. You know, that's the thing. The the Ravens, uh, you know, that's what makes their defense so good, I think, is that Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen can play great in zone coverage, and it takes a lot of pressure off the corners. Shanahan talked about it earlier this week. I mean, that's what makes their coverage so good is that they've got two linebackers like Queen and Roquan that can cover that whole second level. So that is a major, major advantage for the Ravens. Yeah. Um, Keith Murphy says from the unbeaten says Rams put up 30 on them. Think we can get to 40. I, I do. I, I think the Niners are going to win this game big. I like the Niners big over the Ravens. I, I not nothing against Lamar or what the Ravens have going. I just think that the 49er offense can score on a level that the Raven offense can't match. Them boys going to get singled out. I'm telling you like they they're, they're downhill guys. They're physical. You know, that, that you know, I don't want to take anything away from the Ravens. They're a very physical defense. But getting them out in pass coverage, they can be had. They're not, they're not, they're soft in the middle. They are. They've got big bodies up front and great speed at linebacker, but and and Hamilton's a stud. I but, love Rokan um, Smith and Queen. I love them. Those boys yeah. are those they fly around, man. But I I, I just feel like Kyle. The thing with Kyle week to week is that I don't think we've necessarily outside of the three games. What would you say outside of the three games that we lost? What what games did would you say you saw Kyle adjust where his game plan or his 10 play script just wasn't it? And he had to kind of scrap it and move on Cleveland. I would know that was a loss, though. I know. But I mean, I like the way they adjusted in, in the Cleveland game because they had and, you know, Ayuk with those in-cutting routes on that final drive, and he, he, it seemed like not only the pl- – I love the play design and the, the route combinations on that last – those last that last drive where they kept finding Ayuk in the middle of the field. I think I think Purdy went to Ayuk like three times on that final drive. I thought there were some good adjustments in that Cleveland game. Um, as far as after that, you know, it's they they've they haven't been in that mode, right? Because they've been leading so much this year, they haven't had that come from behind win. You know, that's mm-hmm. pretty clear. Let's hit a couple of these supers, and then Bruce Marshall's hanging in the goal in front in the green room, and we'll talk some college ball with the great Bruce Marshall and some pro ball. We want his thoughts on Niners Ravens, the two pro games today, and we'll talk some college bowl games as well. Bailey got beats as Keaton Mitchell only played like four games. Go Ravens. Yeah, I mean, he's a good player from at ECU, but, you know, mm-hmm. done for the year. Matthew Sanders says, more important than the W is how they perform against a true contender. Can they match intensity and effort? Can we act like a championship team one of one? Well, possibly. I mean, that's, I mean, no question. I mean, this this is going to be a huge test for the 49ers. This Raven team is one of the best teams in the in the league for sure. 
Jesse F says, did the Niners have their best secondary since 94? It's a young secondary, but there's a lot of talent there. I know when they when you go back and look at this secondary three years from now, you're going to go, all those guys were in the secondary? Yeah, because there's a lot of young talent, but it's young. You know, that's the thing. It's There's a lot of young players here. Um, Coco Puff says, just win the next two games, so week 18 will be essentially a bye week. That's probably Shanahan's approach, Coach. Is yeah. Just, you know, go forward to you clinch it and then rest liberally. Yeah, I, I really do. I really do feel that way. I think that, um, it, you know, everything is, um, you know, it's an ongoing situation. So you can say, ah, oh, well, we're going to sit these guys for this week. We're going to get them ready for that week. We're going to be ready for the playoffs. But, you know, this is a living and breathing situation. It's changing week by week, game by game. And depending on how the league, how the league can, contextualizes itself and shows us what this game truly means to us by the time we play it. I think Kyle is uh, agile enough to make the adjustments he needs to. A couple more supers before we welcome in the great Bruce Marshall, Ramon Gonzalez. I still have a sour taste from Super Bowl 47 and the 2019 losses. This game is a big deal to me and a tough test. If we lose, we'll be two and six against Baltimore. Yeah, there's no question. The Niner fan feels like they owe Baltimore. Matthew Sanders says, y'all exercising the demons while I run hills in the cold. I love it. Fact is, Harbs just lost that bowl. He'd still be head coach, and Cap would still be the quarterback. Kyle's better. Mm. I wonder sometimes. Uh, Yeah, that's a a strong check. I mean, could the Niners have run off Harbaugh or Kaepernick if they were the Super Bowl winners? Probably not. No. Probably not. No. might still be here. They'd still be here. When that that would be wild. Um, we got this one from Killa underscore Mig eight three one. I seen Ayuk on the backfield getting punt returns. Uh, that's exactly what who we need back there. Someone explosive, elusive, and safe with the ball. I agree. Have any that. of our have any of our corners tried to return? Well, they had they had Deshaun Jameson, but they cut him at the end of. Uh, camp and he wound up in Carolina. I think that was kind of one of their few personnel mistakes this year. Hmm. Uh, Bazzi Meon says, how would this O do against the 2013-2014 Legion of Boom Seahawks? One question. Whose rules are we playing? Are we playing 2013 rules? Are we playing 2023 rules? Oh my god. I know. And Earl Thomas was just awesome. If if you're playing, there's no team today that could play 10 years ago with those rules. And you could say that that team is just just undeniably better than another team. You can't match up the best of 2013 and 14 with the best of 2023 and 24 with the with the with those rules back then and expect these teams to play. These boys get tired if you make them play 60 minutes, man. I'm telling you, it's, it was it's a different game. When it's I think of that, game. when I think of that team, I think of Cam Chancellor's hit on Vernon Davis up there on the sideline. He just my god. It just detonated on poor Vern. Uh, Christopher Andrew, I used to only get excited to watch our D play. Now I look forward to the offense. Yeah. And that sounds like a young Niner fan because in the old days, it was the exact opposite. Everybody loved the offense, but you're right. The, the offense with Jimmy was a tough watch. It's much better with Brock. Daniel Williams, 2019 Niners, 16 games, 39 field goal attempts, 2023 Niners, 14 games, 21 field goal attempts. Yeah, the Niners are kicking fewer field goals now with Brock Purdy 
than they were under Jimmy. Keith Murphy from the Unbeaten says, if this group can get a ch championship or two, it may go down as the greatest skill position group of all time, and they'll need a nickname. They got to win to get a nickname. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Win. That's the only thing that killed, <laughs> that, that hurts us about our team is that we're not solidified yet across the NFL because we haven't won. Right now, these are teams that we're always going to remember as Niners fans, but we need the league to remember these teams. Two more supers, and then we'll get to the great Bruce Marshall. Steve Dr Steven Draper, track speed and pad speed is different. Thank you, Steven. And Keith Murphy says, I would not trade any of our starters for Ted Ginn. Yeah, but Ted Ginn could flat out run. He yeah, he could. Absolutely fast. Another guy who's got great speed is the great Bruce Marshall, who's in the house. Bruce! They're not booing. They're brucing. We're brucing. <laughs> Bruce, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm going to tell my wife that you guys called me great. Uh, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice to be here. Happy holidays. So, Coach, Bruce and I go way back. Bruce has been covering college football, pro football, working for the gold sheet. Uh, one of the preeminent handicapping publications in the country for years and years is now doing stuff with uh, probably multiple entities, but one of them are is action network. Bruce, tell people if, before we get rolling here, we're going to talk Niners Ravens. We want your picks today on, uh, these football games and we'll get into some of these bowl games as well. But, um, tell people if they want to, uh, you know, to find Bruce Marshall, um, where they can find you, where they can read you how they can get a hold of your stuff because uh, your analysis on these games is outstanding. Uh, thanks, Larry. Yeah, uh, Action Network, my picks are up there, and that's through uh, VegasInsider.com, uh, and all of my picks up there are at VegasInsider.com. NFL, college football, NBA, college hoops, NHL, the whole deal, VegasInsider.com. You can also read my stuff up at CBS Sportsline, Sportsline.com. Once in a while, I'm up there on CBS Sports HQ. And uh, also, uh, I do another podcast on uh, the Bet Rivers Network with uh, Jimmy Ott down in New Orleans called the uh, Sports Betters Paradise. Well, let's talk a little bit about Niners Ravens. Coach and I have been chopping it up. This is our second stream this week, talking a lot of Niners Ravens. And so I thought, you know what? I, I wanted to get Bruce in the mix because Bruce and I go way back to, you know, talking college ball and and on the Sports Byline USA radio network with the great Ron Barr. Uh, do you still do stuff with Ron ever? Yeah, I, I, I neglected to mention I'm still doing college and uh, NFL previews every week with Ron on Byline. It's 32 years now with Ron on uh, Byline. Unbelievable. And that's how I first came in contact with Bruce. Yeah. Bruce, give us your breakdown on Niners Ravens. I think this is going to be really an interesting game. I was talking to Jason Lockenfora out of Baltimore yesterday, and he likes the Niners uh, somewhat big in this game. And and his criticism of the Ravens really was eye-opening. He just says that they haven't looked like the, the same team all year. Uh, he likes the corner Brandon Stevens, but he, he's got the, you know, outside of Hamilton in the back end. He feels like there's some issues with their secondary. And then he also talked a little bit about how their tackles, Ronnie Stanley is is beat up. Morgan Moses is more of a run blocker than a pass blocker. Um, and and seemed to feel like there was going to be some struggles on that offensive line. Give us your breakdown. How do you see Niners Ravens? What are the key uh, key factors here? That might those all might be uh, true. I, I thought it was interesting how the the Ravens sort of uh reacted to the point spread you usually don't see teams doing that like they seemed offended they were plus five and a half plus six uh, this week uh those all might be true the first thing that jumps out at me 
this week, uh, Larry, uh, the total. I, I think it's too low. I'm looking around 47 right now. I think this is an over game. Mm. Uh, all those things we say might be true about the Ravens. There. However, uh, the Niners uh, historically here, and even this, we saw it last week. Uh, Kyler Murray was moving the Cardinals against uh, that defense. Now, the game was sort of a ping pong match back and forth. But the Niners uh, historically have had some problems, more problems defensively with these quarterbacks who can run. And I cite, you know, look at the Seahawks when they had Russell Wilson. And now since Russell Wilson's been gone, the Niners have not lost to the Seahawks. That's just one example. But and I know Jalen Hurts, they slowed down a few weeks ago in Philadelphia, though. He's not quite moving like he normally does because of that knee. I think Lamar's escapability sort of masks over some of those concerns, which are legitimate on the on the Baltimore side there. But I haven't seen a defense, even the one as good as Baltimore's, that can slow down the Niners. I And I think we talked about this uh, on the phone uh, last week, Larry. I actually think that the secret weapon here, and as good as Christian is, and I know Purdy, uh, Ayuk, uh, Kittle, having Debo available spreads out everything. You have to account for him. And, his, and I think his presence there actually – really elevates the 49er offense because you just you have to defend the width of the field with him he's such a big play threat that makes McCaffrey better Kittle things op- things open up a lot more from him and I think they'll score enough points against the Ravens this is still a, a, a big enough number though where I'm not too comfortable laying it uh I'm much more comfortable looking over 47 here I think this game somebody's scoring in the 30s here 31 24 something like that it'll be a good back and forth game and I do think this might be a Super Bowl preview uh uh, 11 years removed from the last time they did it. So a um, little bit to the Niners maybe, but definitely an over on a Christmas night down at Levi's. Very interesting. Coach, if you if you want to jump in, Bruce is uh, outstanding at this. On any a- angle, you can jump in on the Niners, or if you want to talk about any of these games this weekend, fire away. Yeah, particularly with the Ravens' defense. Um, yeah, they are uh, – they, they kind of are uh, – more bark than they are bite, especially how they um, start games. Um, they disguise a lot um, early on in games. But um, can you talk about uh, how they look when offenses get a chance to keep them on the field for a little bit, you know, where they get a chance to actually see who they are as a defense rather than those quick three and outs and be, being able to uh, just basically uh, be a thorn in the side of an offense where they actually get to have to play against them. It's a good point, Coach, and I, and I think you can see some vulnerabilities in Baltimore. We've seen that throughout the season when, when teams have been doing that. But uh, the other thing, too, there's not another offense like the Niners. I don't think there's a team that can hit you as quickly and can hit you as consistently run pass as San Francisco. So mm-hmm. uh, some of the problems I have, even that game against the, the, the Bengals last month, they got a break. That was the game that Burrow got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, if he was in there the whole way, I, I think the Bengals might've been in that game the whole way. Cause they were doing some, they moved fairly well when Burrow was in the game. Uh, so Baltimore caught a little bit of break, bit of a break there. And, and maybe they wouldn't want to catch Jake Browning now. But you're very right. That could be a, a definite concern. And and I think the Niner offense, though, is different than anything else we're seeing in the league right now. They're that good. And that's another reason I like this thing over, because I think the, the Niners liable to score into the 30s or higher against anybody, even this defense. The Ravens seem like they used to be more of a run-dominant team. Definitely the last time the Niners played them, they were more run-dominant a couple of years ago. Now they're, you know, obviously the injury to Keaton Mitchell in this game uh, probably diminishes their rushing attack. What do you think, Bruce? Do you expect to see Gus Williams or uh, uh, Gus Edwards? Uh, 
Gus Edwards, or do you think it's going to be Justice Hill? Um, do you think Melvin Gordon? Is it going to be a ton of Lamar running? How, where does where does Baltimore's run game? Who's going to be leading there? Lamar. I mean, it's not a traditional running game. I mean, it's him, and the rushing stats are distorted because of him. I mean, he's running a lot on passing plays and just straight run plays. They're just sort of a bang it out team. Now Mitchell did give them a little more pop. Edwards is a good functional back. He's really good down by the goal line. A lot of touchdowns this season. So I think we'll probably see more of him than Justin Hill. But rushing with the Ravens, I mean, it's Lamar. And he's the guy who makes makes it difficult. And that's the concern for every team against Baltimore. When Lamar breaks the pocket and he breaks contain, he's very tough. So he is really the rushing game for them. And a, a lot of teams haven't figured out how to slow him down when he gets going. I mean, you, it's it's terror terrorizing for a defensive back when Lamar breaks contain like that and he gets out of the pocket, he can cause a lot of damage. He's there. I mean, if correct me if I'm wrong, but he is their leading rusher at 741 yes. yards. You're right. You're right. Yep. Um, today is also, we get a couple other NFL games, Bengals, Steelers, uh, Bills, Chargers. I've already wagered today. I'm taking chargers. I'm taking the bills on the teaser. Um, and I'm taking Bengals on the teaser. So I'm, I'm, I, I basically have Bengals getting four and a half at, at Heinz field or whatever they're calling it. And I took the bills and teased it down to minus five, uh, at SoFi tonight against the chargers. But give me your, your thoughts on either one of those games, B- Bengals Steelers or bills chargers. What's that on? I think you're right with the bills. Um, and maybe with the Bengals, I'm a little bit on the Steelers side here, and I'll tell you why. I commend Mike Tomlin, who's feeling some heat, for realizing the folly of using Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. I totally applaud him going back to Mason Rudolph, and I maintained last year there was no reason for the Steelers to get Trubisky. They have been wasting a roster spot on him. They had a capable backup quarterback. They had a capable quarterback who they thought was going to be the guy when they drafted him a few years ago when Big Ben was still there. That's Mason Rudolph. Rudolph did not look bad when he came in for Big Ben uh, in relief when Roethlisberger was still there. He won some games for them. He won several games for them. He's looked good in preseason. He's better than Trubisky, I think. And it's about time Pittsburgh made this change. They are the last team that really slowed down uh, uh, Jake Browning too. Now that was his first start. It was four weeks ago. uh, And Browning has obviously come on since then, but I am actually giving the Steelers one more shot here today. And they've they've come under so much flack and Tom has come under so much flack, but I think getting Trubisky out of there is a plus. I think Rudolph will respond and the Bengals, you know, they, they caught some breaks last week. I mean, they were they were well out of that game against uh, Minnesota, and they came back. I give them credit for coming back, but, I mean, some of those plays, the touchdown catch at the end, it was everything fell in place at home. On the road, the Bengals can extend a margin in a row with Burrow. I'm not sure they can extend a margin with Jake. Now, they don't have to get too far to extend the margin here, but I'm actually I'm going to give Mason Rudolph a shot today, but I think you're very correct on the Buffalo game. The Chargers present a unique go against target here right now. The house cleaning coming up, Easton Stick at quarterback, Buffalo hot. Buffalo won here last year, big against the Rams opening night, and they will have more fans uh, tonight at SoFi. I know it's a long way from Buffalo, but there are Buffalo fans everywhere. There are not Charger fans in LA. There will be a that'll be a Buffalo crowd tonight at SoFi. We're talking to Bruce Marshall, who's with us from the Action Network. And, Coach, any direction you want to take it is is uh, fair game with Bruce. 
I mean, I definitely want to start dipping into some of the college games. I mean, how you feel about the bowl season coming up? Um, particularly, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, stargaze, but I am a Bama fan, and I really want to know what you think about Bama coming up in a couple of weeks against Michigan, drawing them first week, and how you feel about that matchup. What do you think? How do you think it's going to bear out? Um, especially, uh, particularly with Jalen Milrow against that Michigan defense. Um, is Nick Saban's offensive line, are they going to be able to impose their will on Michigan? Is this going to be a running attack that they've never seen before? Um, is uh, is Jason McClellan going to be ready to go within that time? Just the whole nine. What do you think? I'm ready to hear what you got to say. Coach, I, I think McClellan's going to be able to play, and I do like Bama a lot. Um, I'm stunned at this point spread, frankly. I was stunned at the Georgia point spread. That mm -hmm. spread was five and a half Georgia. Simply because in week two, Alabama played Texas yep. and Georgia Georgia played Ball State. You flip that around and Georgia plays Texas and loses Bama's favorite in that game. And I don't look down on Bama for a couple of those close wins. In fact, I applaud Bama for coming back and winning the Iron Bowl like that. Jalen Milrow is a different quarterback now than he was then. He's and grown. He has grown. And I think next year, he, he's going to be in New York for the Heisman Trophy presentation he's already talking that, about it he's pushing yeah, unless he gets hurt he's, he's going to be there next year michigan i'm not there uh they have faltered in the playoff the last two years the mm -hmm. schedule was set up beautifully for them this year like they've I've had a great seen. year they the have 13, they're that, 13 and 0 but i like saving with all that extra time to prepare look, their their whole season led up and that schedule was so pathetic until right at the end and listen Penn State was not as potent as it was last year, and neither was Ohio State. No. They, they haven't played any. They, they're not going 13-0 against Alabama's schedule. They're not going play. They're not beating Tennessee. They're not beating LSU. They're not beating uh, Texas. They're not beating yeah. Texas A&M on the road. They're not going into Kentucky. They're not beating Georgia in yeah. Atlanta. The SEC no is still the SEC. It's still the SEC. Greg Sankey's right. I do shows down there. I do shows with Ryan Fowler in Tuscaloosa. I'm with Brett Beard up in Huntsville. I'm mm -hmm. with Lisa Vanian in Mobile. They're all with me. I know they're always going to be with me, but uh, except there's one Auburn guy in there, so he's not as much always. But <laughs> I'm with them. I, I I don't know why Alabama's an underdog here. The odds makers sometimes do that. It, it's like Oregon, Washington. They made they were going to make Oregon a favorite no matter how. No matter times, what. However, it tends Washington beats them by three points. They're still going to make Oregon a favorite in that game. And that's wrong. It's just because the public has this perception. Alabama's better than Michigan. Bank on it. They will win this game. You know, yeah, it's so funny. I, I feel, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead, Larry. Oh, I was just going to say that, you know, it, I, I, I really love um, Washington to win this whole thing, which is so ironic because um, it's the final year of the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 is going to win the national championship, in my opinion. I love Washington over Texas. And then I think Michigan could beat Washington, but I don't think Michigan can beat Bama. So I, I'm, I think Bama is going to get Michigan and I think Washington's going to get Texas. And I think Washington's going to get Bama in the national championship game. I love uh, that running back for the Huskies. Penix is tremendous. The receivers Penix. are great. Their defense is playing what playing really well. I think it's their year. It's a magical year for the Huskies. I like their head coach. Uh, give me your thoughts on Washington, Texas, and and what do you think of my prediction that Washington, uh, uh, if this were college basketball, I'd say would cut down the nets. But uh, I want to hear. Washington, I want to hear this. I think Washington beats Texas and gets Bama. What What do you think, Bruce? 
Yeah, about uh, Mike Hopkins cutting down the nets in the, the final <laughs> four. That would really be something, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, you might be right. I love Kalen DeBoer. By the way. The head coach for Washington. Uh, yeah. Uh, he might be Alabama's next coach, whenever they decide it. Him or Dan Lanning. You heard it here first. You, I, I, Bruce, you know your stuff. You know your stuff. And, and, and guess what? It might come sooner than everybody thinks. Two years. If, if they if they if Bama wins it this year, Nick may shock the world and, and step away. You can yeah. tell, you can tell, and just excuse me for interjecting, but no. my yeah. take with coach is that he's won on every level, he's won in every phase of the game. Okay. He doesn't have anything. He's I think for coach, it's not the simple fact that he wants to win in different phases of the game. I think that he wants to win at his standard. He wants to dominate. I feel like that this defense that Bama has put together is the last style of defense that Nick can say, okay, I did. I, my fingerprints were all over these guys. It's enough. I've given you enough number one classes to come in where the pedigree is there. The recruiting trails are beaten into the ground. You know where they're at. You can go get them. It's my time to get away. And eight just sounds, eight is a nice number. Eight's a nice number. Eight I feel like this would be it for coach. Eight is enough. Remember that old TV show, Larry? <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, I think it's it filmed in Sacramento, I believe. Sacramento, California. Yeah, yeah. And um, I I think it might come as soon as after the playoffs, just, just between us. So we'll see. Um, wouldn't surprise me, the nil, the transfer stuff. Uh, but back to this game here, uh, maybe with Washington um, – I, and again, I, like I said about Bama a second ago, I don't, I don't hold it against the Huskies for a lot of these close wins they had. In fact, I think I applaud them for it. They showed great resilience. Although, I mean, Arizona State and Stanford shouldn't have been that close to them, but they still found ways to win, and they beat everybody on the schedule. Washington State, that was a brilliant call by DeBoer, that fourth down call in his own territory to set up the last field goal. But the defense did bend a little bit too much for me, and I know people up there this season were a little concerned about uh, the, the tackling wasn't quite up to par. I watched USC. I was there at the Coliseum. Moved pretty well that night. Now, SC moved against everybody. And then Washington really ran the ball down SC's throat. Surprising. They didn't need as much Penix that night. And Penix is brilliant. And I and I love the whole Washington thing. But, and this, by the way, is the Sarkeesian game. And the Sarkeesian Invitational, the Final Four. All we needed is USC in there. And Sarkeesian has a connection right. to all these teams. Right. But, but uh, my gut feel at the end of the year, was Texas might have been the best team in the country. Texas is different than it was in week two as well. And they, when they were able to run the ball, even when Jonathan Brooks went out and Sark said this, he said, when teams know we're going to run and we can still run that's special. Ewers has come along a long way. I don't know any other team that could have gone to Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama. I don't think Washington could have done it. Yeah, I, I, and this is a rematch from the Alamo Bowl last year when Washington won. They beat them in San Antonio. A little bit different Texas this year. Uh, I hope you're right, Larry, because I'm a Washington fan, and I would love the Pac-12 one last time to get a champion. But I'm picking you, Texas. You like Texas? Houston. I think we're getting Texas-Bama rematch yeah. in, in the final. And, and one last Texas thing. going to get us. I hope we're doing this six, seven years from now because I think the Pac-12 could get, sort of get reconstituted years down the road they're going to figure out this this isn't all this whole thing isn't going to work and 
saner heads will prevail after the media rights are done. And it's someday we can dream about the Pac-12 coming back. I'm still gutted by this. You guys might be too, the whole Pac-12 dissolving. So it would be kind of nice if Washington won one of these things to stick it to all these Pac-12 administrators who screwed this thing up so royally. But, um, and I love Washington. I love DeBoer and Penix is great. I'm picking Texas in this game. All right. All right. Bruce Marshall going with Texas over UW. All right. Make some of our, our viewers some money today. Today is a, not only a big pro day. Today's a big college day. Duke is up 14-3 on Troy in the fourth quarter of the Birmingham Bowl. Arkansas State's losing to Northern Illinois. I love the Northern Illinois. Two six and 6 football teams, by the way. 21-13 uh, Northern Illinois, but Arkansas State's uh, got the ball. The Red Wolves are on the on the uh, on the hunt, eight minutes left in the third quarter. Then later today, 12.30 West Coast, about an hour from now, Air Force James Madison in the Armed Forces Bowl uh, in Fort Worth. And then Georgia State, Utah State in, in Boise uh, tonight in the Potato Bowl, or today, I should say. And then later this afternoon, Eastern Michigan, South Alabama in the Ventures Bowl. The game that I'm taking is I'm taking Utah over uh, Northwestern in the Vegas Bowl. And then uh, San and they're given seven. And then San Jose State against Coastal Carolina tonight uh, in the Hawaii Bowl on the island. Uh, the Spartans uh, nine point favorites against Coastal. Both teams are seven and five. We don't. You don't have to do a breakdown of all these games. We don't want to uh, get that deep in the weeds. But get, do you have a favorite side today, uh, Bruce? From from any of these games, and tell me what you think of my my Utah wager. No, I think you're fine there. First team that score wins in that game, and that might be the only score you'll get. But I, Really? I think you think it's going to be super low scoring, huh? Uh, probably an under, but Utah's a good call. Uh, uh, Barnes is going to play, even though he's in the portal for Utah. Quick thoughts on a few of these games. By the way, I will be at the Santa Clara Duquesne game uh, at the Orleans Arena, which is just nearby um, uh, Allegiant Stadium. and uh, Little hoops, huh? Little I'm hoops. Watching. Then I'll, uh, I'll watch the others on TV. Uh, have cell phone i can watch the games there so that'll be good all right real quick air force is going to beat james madison exactly. what. yes uh james madison the coach is left signetti is left mcleod the quarterback has gone to the portal but he's going to play in this game but there's been a lot of turmoil there staff changed some guys are going to the portal uh mcleod's distracted that is not the way to prepare for air force air force does have the quarterback zach larry are back for this game he was hurt in november that is what caused uh, main cause of that four-game losing streak. This was the team that was supposed to be in the New Year's Six into uh, November. They just lost their balance without their quarterback. He's back. Calhoun has won four straight bowl games and covered. He's going to win this game, so I'll take Air Force there. Um, I think uh, uh, Northwestern Utah uh, under, and maybe your Utah is right, too. San Jose might be the best play on the card. Um, they're playing in, in Hawaii. This is six time zones for Coastal. Coastal is effectively playing its third-string quarterback. Grayson McCall, their starter, is already in the portal. He's landed at NC State. He didn't come on. He didn't even make the trip. He's not there anymore. That the guy's constantly on the move. Isn't that his third school? I think so, yeah. I mean, he's been around. And yeah. this McLeod from uh, James Madison is going to be in his fourth school next year, although he's supposed to play today. Uh, Coastal is going to be playing what is effectively their third-string quarterback, Vasco, in this game. Uh, they did not. That's a disappointing year for Tim Beck, the new coach. San Jose was the hottest and best team in the Mountain West at the end of the season. They won six straight. Brent Brennan is focused on winning this game after San Jose lost its last two bowl games with him. Chevin Cordero is from Hawaii. In fact, he quarterbacked Hawaii for a couple of years before he transferred to San Jose. The Spartans won 35-0 on this field on October 29th. 
Um, they are hot. They want to win. This is and they were running the ball. That win streak over 200 yards rushing almost every game. They were hot at the end of the year. They're going to bury Coastal tonight in uh, Honolulu. Mm, okay, so maybe I'll go a little Air Force San Jose State. Little, little, little Mountain combo West there. Little Mountain West combo. How about that? Little, little combo there. Um, what's your favorite play the rest of the bowl season? There's a bunch of games. I don't coach if you want to ask Bruce about any of them in particular, but I'm an A&M fan. A and M Oak State in the Texas Bowl, uh, the tax the Tax Act Texas Bowl uh, in Houston at NRG. What do you think of A and M against Oak State? And and do you have a favorite side? You know, in, in some of these bowl games coming up over the holiday season for some of the viewers who may be watching some of these games and may want to throw a shekel or two down on uh, on one of these well, games. I mean, you touched upon a little bit tonight, if you're looking against Northwestern, uh, that the Big Ten West was the Big Ten worst this year. I mean, every one of these teams was looking. Minnesota, Northwestern, Nebraska, Purdue, Illinois, Wisconsin. They were all the same. They just couldn't score. None worse than Iowa. Uh, and they won the thing. But you saw against Penn State and Michigan across two games, uh, their two best teams they played, they were outscored 57 to nothing. Four first downs that game at Penn State, not much better than that against Michigan. Now, they play Tennessee uh, in Milton. Orlando on New Year's Day with Joe Milton, who, by the way, played a great Orange Bowl last year against uh, Clemson. Tennessee a little bit disappointing this year. All they have to do is get ahead of Iowa, and I think they will. And Iowa's not going to be able to play catch-up. I think this is – they did. It was great. Iowa won ten games. I don't know how they did it this year without an offense. Right. They're not Terrible playing offense. SEC. Terrible. I mean, they're playing an SEC team. All Tennessee has to do is get ahead in this game. They will stretch the margin, make Iowa play behind. When Iowa beat Kentucky last year, which wasn't all that dynamic in the bowl game, Kentucky didn't have uh, Will Levis in that game. They had the backup. It was before Leary got there. So throw that out. Iowa's going to lose this game to Tennessee on New Year's Day, and it'll be by more than the touchdown. So I think Tennessee's a spot there for me. But. um Alabama is probably my favorite. We talked about that earlier. Coach likes it. You like it, I think, too, Larry, and I sure like it. So that might be my favorite. I think – I really think – I think it's kind of – I think it's a little rich. And maybe they're doing it because of the, the tradition and they're just trying to bring the game up. But I just don't think Michigan's played played a really tough season this year. Um, I don't see it. Uh, I don't think that they've been necessarily tested. Their offensive line is pretty good. I mean, but they haven't necessarily seen any speed, any real speed. Yeah. Um, and um, that's how I feel about Michigan. They haven't seen anybody. And really, you you would kind of count on Ohio State to do that, right? Yeah. But this, they didn't. it's been a down year for O-State. So Michigan yeah. hasn't seen what Alabama's been dealing with week to week. You're absolutely right. One other thought on that game, too. The stuff swirling around Harbaugh, I mean, the rumor mill is worrying. That you think he's, he's staying a, or going? I think he might be going. And especially now they're, big, they're talking about LA? penalties on Michigan. He'll have chances. I've heard the Raiders, Chargers, possible Raiders, Chargers. There's going to be other jobs. The Bears might open up mm. if he's had it with the. College I'm thinking stuff. maybe Dallas if Dallas gets bounced by the Rams in the first round. Can you imagine Harbaugh? Coach Harbaugh coaching Trey Lance? <laughs> well, <laughs> could you imagine Coach Harbaugh dealing with Jerry and his kids? No, no, but no. you know, at, at Atlanta. <laughs> Some I think a lot of these college guys are saying I've had it with nil, I've had it with the portal. The NFL is actually more sane. Um, and I th but 
that's going through a lot of people's minds back there. Um, and I think that's an extra distraction. It hasn't hit Michigan yet. They had a lot. I mean, Harbaugh was suspended at the end of the season. But uh, it might catch up to him here, another factor that might favor the Crimson. So what specifically are the infractions? Are we just talking about, like, stealing signs of recruiting? Like, what's going on? Like, what what's the hubbub behind it? Because we're kind of over in NFL land. So help can you enlighten us, Bruce? Sure. A lot of, a lot of college coaches are fed up with the portal. Uh, they've lost control with that uh, okay. the, and the nil more than anything else. I mean, it's an, it's the wild West. You just don't have control over all that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dino Babers, who, uh, who I like, uh, who got dismissed at Syracuse in November, he said something telling in the mid season. And he said, you know, all of our depth, he said, we have injury problems. He said, our depth all left in the portal. He said, this is what the portal does to programs like ours. I think a lot of mm-hmm. college coaches just are sick of it. They're mm-hmm. sick of dealing with the boosters and all that goes on with the college administrators. Steve Spurrier said this when I was at an SEC media day, and he's still in South Carolina. I got this 10 years ago or so. Somebody asked him how he liked coach coaching for Dan Snyder when he was with the Redskins, and they're called the mm-hmm. Redskins. Spurrier said, well, I'll tell you something. He said, you could say what you want about Dan Snyder, but I only answered to him. He said, he signed my paycheck, and he was my boss. I'm in South Carolina. He said, I don't know who my boss is. Everybody who give a million dollars to this program wants to have lunch with me and tell me what to do coaching the yeah. team. He said, yeah. I don't know who I'm working for. I yeah. know in the NFL who I'm working for. So it's a very good impression, by the way. That's a that's a, an uncanny impression. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I think a lot of these guys are sick of the college thing right now. And uh, right. and I don't blame them. I, I the whole thing, the portal and the nil. And they've lost complete control. And I think the NFL for a guy like Harbaugh, and he's going to get paid a lot wherever he goes. It's actually a more sane existence. So, uh, and, uh, and especially if they penalize Michigan, I think he might say, just say the heck with it. You know, I take a hike. I've proven I can beat Brian day now. So it's time to leave. So I, I would not be surprised. There's yeah. two ga- two college games that are just the, I love watching the, the bowl games for the talent uh, ahead of the draft. And, two games that I will absolutely be watching. One is Buckeyes and Missouri. I love Javon Foster, the big offensive tackle for Missouri. I love the kid Rakeshaw, the the corner for Missouri. Missouri's got a lot of talent. They're ranked ninth in the country. They're having a great year. They're 10 and two. They're taking on the Buckeyes in uh, at Jerry world. Buckeyes are 11 and one. They're ranked seventh in the country. Buckeyes are a one point favorite. We all know Buckeye, the Buckeyes are better, but you know, I've seen many Buckeye teams that that didn't show for the bowl game. If they don't get to the bowl, they want to be in. Uh, you know, this is a this is the Cotton Bowl. How do you see that the Cotton Bowl? It's Buckeyes by one. And the other game, I, I got to get your thoughts on is Georgia Florida State. I mean, Georgia's got tons of talent. Florida State's defense is just wicked. Verse up front is incredible. That Georgia's ranked sixth. Florida's Florida State's ranked fifth. Um, Florida state's got that kid quarterback. Now Georgia's 14 and a half point favorites. That's the orange bowl, the capital one orange bowl. Give me your, your thoughts on those two games. I'll be watching both of them. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure Ohio state's better than Missouri, uh, this year. Uh, really? state, we, we talked about their offense wasn't the same. Now McCord is left. I mean, he's not there. So Brown's going to be in a quarterback. Um, oh, McCord's not going to play. McCord's not going to play. No, he's at, he's I already there. Yeah, he's. I don't think he's playing. No, he's already. He's already inked with Syracuse, so he's. Uh, wow. He's gone. He's gone. Okay. 
Um, See, that, that, that has created a helter. I mean, between guys it really sitting has. it out for the draft and sitting it out for, I mean, the we of college football has become a very me thing. And I get it. The athletes were, you know, getting, getting not compensated before. Now they're getting a piece of the pie and they should. But the the I'd, I'd love to see something come in to change the portal so it's not an every year thing. So every guy on your team is not essentially a free agent at any point. It, it creates a well, level of upheaval that's not good for the sport. At, at, at least push it back after the bowl games. Right. Push right. the whole college calendar back after the bowls. So that would make sense to me. I mean, I, honestly, what it does from a coaching perspective is that it kills the very essence of why people love watching football. You can't develop anybody that way. Yeah. It's really hard. Um, you don't have enough time to put your hands on the kids. You don't have enough time to really get into their life and how they're actually spending this money, what they're going to do with it. I'd love for the boys to actually get inside of some type of pay scale where if you're going to pay them, make it a job. Okay. And if you want certain money, you got to graduate. All right. And if you want to, if you want your money in a stipend, they it's, it's almost as if they've completely forgotten the fact that scholarships are just contracts as well. They're just money. Okay, so the same way when we got our deals, you don't get a four year, you don't get a four year full ride. You get a one year renewable contract and that contract is broken down on how the school, how the school pays for you to be a student there. They can do the same thing with giving these kids this money. But what it's really doing is, is that it's killing the development of the league and it's you're starting to see it trickle up into the NFL where now uh, being a physical team is not a prerequisite anymore. Now, being a physical team in the NFL is an actual an identity. There's teams in the NFL now that actually go about their business and being a finesse team, and everybody's fine with it. They don't have two-a-days all the time. They don't have longer practices the way they used to. Now we're looking at bang-bang plays where how many more rules is the offense going to get where we're suspending guys whole seasons for bang-bang plays that used to be routine 10 years ago, Right. And then now we have all of these quarterbacks who don't even know what it's like to throw against a real defense. And they're throwing hospital balls all over the place. And we're sitting here telling the defender that he's got to target a guy specifically on the body. I mean, honestly, the Niners should win the Super Bowl this year to kind of bring it back to we should win the Super Bowl this year because we're pretty much one of the few real football teams left playing football in the NFL right now. It's pretty sad. It is. It is. I know we got to go, but uh, uh, everything you say is, is, is true here. Um, but uh, one more thing, Missouri, you talk about keeping guys. Eli, who I, I talked to him now at SEC Media Days in Nashville in July, and he said, he mentioned, he said, Brady Cook is quarterback, who's been there a few years. So this is what you're talking about. They actually have some continuity there. He said last year he was playing with a bad shoulder. Watch him this year if his shoulder isn't bothering him. He's had a great year. Schrader, the running back, burden, the wide receiver. Uh, they should have won that game against LSU. They gave Georgia a fight. I think Missouri wins this game. Bruce, awesome stuff, man. Once again, tell people how they can get a hold of your stuff. Yeah, check me out, VegasInsider.com, CBS Sportsline, Sportsline.com, up on HQ, and with the Jimmy Ott on the uh, Bet Rivers podcast, Sports Better's Paradise, down from Baton Rouge. Happy holidays. Enjoy the college hoop today. Thanks for the tips on the uh, on the bowl games, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hopefully, we'll, I'd love to have you back on and and talk a little uh, Niners throughout this playoff run and get the get your breakdowns on some of these games, man. Really, really appreciate you. Any any time, Larry. Merry Christmas, Larry. Merry Christmas, Coach. We'll see you soon. There you Thanks, go. Thanks, Bruce.
the great Bruce Marshall from the gold sheet. Now from now from action, the action network. And, uh, and, you know, I know most of the people who watch this are, you know, tuned in for us to talk Niners and, and pro, but with the bowl games, um, you know, I had to get some insider breakdown. So all is ball, man. So I can wager, I can wager. It's all about, (laughs) <laughs> it's all about it's all about, this is all about Larry closing out the show so he knows what to do with his bets. <laughs> I'm over here. Uh excuse me, I'll take this, I'll take that. Yes. Give me San Jose. Yeah, you State. saw my head was down. I was in my boat too. I was like, okay. <laughs> so we drop a little money on Air Force. James Madison right. losing the Air Force. Check. I mean Christmas shopping check, uh food shopping check, uh live streams <laughs> check. Oh, bowl needing needing to make money on the bowl season. Uh, where's where's my man Bruce Marshall? Let's outsource uh, that. <laughs> oh man, look at and poor Doug. Doug, Doug's just like Krug, but won't subscribe until he stops making content with the despicable Grant Cone. Oh, Doug, um, go on. go man, Life's go 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 Life's die on the hill, man. Like go go, you can have it, Doug. Yeah, come on, Doug. Doug, there's nothing despicable about Grant. There really isn't. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. All right. Um, you just got to remember, he's doing this channel for, you know, to be interesting. So he's going to have polarizing takes. And sometimes you're going to agree. Sometimes you don't agree. It's just the way it is. Life makes, you know, all the do. Di- if we all did the exact same thing, it would be boring. Uh, we do different stuff. So there and you go. to be just one more, one more fact. It ain't the subs. It's the views. There you go. That should be what should be a poster behind us. It says it ain't the subs. It's the views. It's the Dusty views. Says, Larry needs more betting advice. Really? Krug? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Anyway. Hey, um, that does it for us. Coach, what do you got cooking the rest of your Saturday or the rest Man. of your, uh, your you, you got, you, day before Christmas Eve? You got some honeydews to do today. You can be watching. I got a little ball. bit of a honeydew list. I got to run around, pick up the kick, pick up a couple of GI Joe's with the Kung Fu grip. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> got some running around to do. I got hand here. So uh, that's pretty much what we're doing. Just kind of like putting the final touches on the holiday so we can just relax. Hey, man, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And um, I'm interested to see. I'll take Niners 31-21 over the Ravens on Monday night. Your prediction? Niners 31. You said 31-21? 31-21. Yeah, I like, okay. I like the Niners had- still get to 30 I do yeah. agree with Bruce that it's going to be high scoring. Yeah, and I was thinking the same thing. Niners 31-24. I was just okay. going to go three over you. I, I was feeling the same exact way. I thought you said 31-24 at first, but no, I'm that's going, my... I'm going to go by 10, and I actually kind of think it might be like 31-17, but I'll go 31-21. Uh, I could see Lamar getting three touchdowns, You know, maybe a couple passing, one rushing, something like that. Um, but I don't think they can keep up with the Niners. I think the Niners are going to score in the thirties and I think the Ravens are going to score in the low twenties. So yeah, 31, 21 is what I'll go with coach. Have a great holiday season. Thanks for everybody in the uh, super chats and all the, uh, all the, all the comments. We appreciate all you guys, um, you know, have a Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Peace. Yeah, never met a man I've been scared of. Careful, you won't get exactly what you asked for.